Hi, this is Declan Shalvey, uh, writer, artist of Moon Knight and Time Before Time, and uh, you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. That's something special right there. <laughs> and I, again, it, it's one of those nights where I'm like, I almost... I'm not sure what to expect because that sounded awfully loud in my ear, but... I'm not sure you'd have him redo that. I don't know what you're looking for. I never know. Right. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) He's just pretty. Love you anyway. He's here because he looks good. And he makes good comics. You do make good comics. COVID has been rough, man. Trying to trying to look good again. I gotta get back out there. Yeah, you dumped a lot in me. (laughs) (laughs) You dumped a lot of weight. I'm I'm trying Uh -uh. to, but bro, I put it all back on. No way. All I did was eat grilled cheese and pizza, ice cream every night, and drinking booze. It is rough. (laughs) It's hard for an artist. We're gonna die. So yeah. Yeah. Well, what what do I wanna? I'm going to catch COVID and die skinny. Who cares? Right. And you're not going to die. No, because you are in the warm, safe confines of another episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, specifically 736. Damn. Yeah. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. And sadly, (laughs) uh, I'm going to say for the second night this week, but unfortunately, a lot of people... it was something that was supposed to happen Monday night. It didn't, but for you patrons, you'll hear all you'll hear our conversation for Monday night in the bonus content yes. that will be released soon. Lemonade. Um, so tonight should have been your book of the month, Captain America: Omnibus Mad Bomb, but that isn't happening due to scheduling conflicts. So we're going to have somebody sit in uh, for Jason tonight, and um, and and. That bonus content aside, the next time you'll hear us will be um, when we're all together. Will be next week, and that's when we will talk about our book of the month. We'll have more details on upcoming books of the months later on in this episode. I don't want to get into all that now because we have a guest, and I would really, really like Vince to introduce this guest. I don't really think he needs to be introduced. He he's the eleven o'clock. Yeah, he's the eleven o'clock pinch hitter. Whenever Jason fucks us over, like tonight, we 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 get our our good friend and excellent comic book maker Tony Fleece to come in and help us out. Hey gang, happy to be back. Stray dogs, y'all. Always happy to show up in here. Yes, and if you could That's just right. get you three in stores now. <laughs> if you could just get a little closer you, you, to your microphone, it would be awesome. And. Oh. We have a bring my microphone a little closer to me. Oh, listen to that. We have a nice little surprise, not only for all of you listeners, but for David and myself as well, because when we uh pinched Tony to appear on this episode, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was some kind of surprise that would, you know, just create something different? That's what we're trying to do with this show going forward as they say we're trying to you know stir up the pot make something different do something spontaneous make some off-the-cuff art and this is what happened tony brought somebody in 
Um, and we have no idea whom it is. I mean, this is for Tony's people who know people. So it's, oh, yeah. It, of, That's of, what all we were... the, of all the people we could have to sit in with us. Right. Then bring well, someone along. It, That's what I was thinking because he's, he, he shares a studio with people, right? Like there's, he knows a bunch of right. people. You are a, a semi, um, uh, what's the word? You're in the thick of it, right? So I thought, well, everybody if- in comics knows knows everybody in comics pretty right. well. You know, like it's like it gets to be like Kevin Bacon, where <laughs> at a certain point, if I if I like if I need to get in touch with like, you know, Joe Casada or something, I know the two steps I have to take to to get in contact with that guy. You know? Kentucky Fried but Chicken. In my case. <laughs> could you could could you talk to Pat and see if you know if uh, if if maybe Bendis can stop by one night? Oh, I got his number by accident. I'll give it to you. Thank you, I appreciate. One that. time somebody texted me. He won't me mind. We're all we're in the tribe. Yeah, that's a great group text to be on. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, some they just like it just came up on my phone and I was like, that's weird that that guy's texting me now, but he <laughs> it wasn't texting me specifically. I was just catching straight texts. You know, I still feel uh, good about it. I love it. And you know how else you can feel good? How? By not paying a whole lot for your comics, graphic novels, and collectibles from the previews catalog. It's true. Yeah. There's only one place to go if you want to get your stuff in the previews catalog for not a whole lot of money. And that's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. This is the very, very last time. I'm shaking my finger at you, my index finger. This is the very, very last time you're going to be hearing these specials because they are going to evaporate with the end of the month. A new list of specials is on the horizon. We don't know what they are, but we will know very shortly. And I want to stress these three books. From Vault, it's a Barbaric number 1. This is a brand spanking new fantasy series about Owen the Barbarian and his anthropomorphic alcoholic Axe named Axe. Uh, Owen the Barbarian hates witches and creates a lot of bloodshed. Uh, What more do you need to know from uh, Michael Morici? That's my pronunciation. It may be wrong. Art by Nathan Gooden. This is a $3.99 ongoing series, but you can bring it home for $1.99 for the first issue. Nice. The meat in the middle I is... I know from... Michael Marici. I'm just going to let you know everybody I know. Oh, wait. Is is it, so is it Marici? <laughs> as far as I know, you are correct. Nice. As far as I know. That's great. I worked, uh, worked with him on Star Wars. Cool. All right, I got something right. Broken just, clock, right? I don't want to slow us down. I'm just going to nah. raise my hand if I know somebody. Okay, I don't know if you're going to be able to raise your hand on this one, but we'll see. Uh, the Meat in the okay. Middle is from Behemoth Comics. This is Motherfuckers, number one. The Netflix-distributed movie by Studio 4 Degrees Celsius comes to comics with an oversized number one event, Jump in the Unique World Created by Legendary Artist Run, a.k.a. Guillaume Renard. Uh, and you will follow Angelino and his flaming skull pal Vins, who live in a gang and cockroach infested dystopian metropolis called DMC, uh, Dark Meat City, a city that hides secrets even weirder than its inhabitants. Now, this is an exercised issue, so don't squawk at the price. It's five ninety nine for the first issue. Yeah, I know. But 
your price. No, you're not. <laughs> let's let's all laugh together because they're not. <laughs> gonna oh, hey, thank you. You are not going to pay five ninety nine. You're going to pay a paltry three dollars and twenty nine cents. That's forty five percent off. And last but certainly not least, our hearts are a flutter because we are getting another miniseries by Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard. Color art by Dave Stewart. This is vinyl, number one of six. Uh, plastic creators Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard return with Eisner Award winner, winner, yeah, Dave Stewart, for an unsettling tale of psychopaths, sweet love, and a serial killer named Walter. Yep, three ninety nine cover price. You can slide it under your uh, bedroom door for a lousy dollar ninety nine. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books delivered right to your door. It's harder to go to Taco Bell. I'm not kidding. Just well, go. in your neck of the woods, maybe. Yeah, the gunfire and the giant monsters, all that shit, you know. But um, so, yeah, just go there. DCBService.com. The, uh, what do you think the, I'm, I'm not saying it's a trilogy, but what do you think the third volume would be like? PVC or. Because we've had plastic, we've got vinyl. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Rubber? Rubber? Yeah. Yes. Rubber leather. <laughs> leather. I like rubber's evocative. It's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Cling wrap. Who knows? It's, yeah. Yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you send me over this person that's supposed to be joining us? We're going to bring him in already? Uh, yeah, it's it's well, twenty listen, after. Before we bring before we bring them in, uh, I feel like I want to clear something up because I feel like you've been mad at me about Deathmate since the last time I was on. Holy you know? shit! Oh my god! You know what? It's like having two Davids. It's like having two uh, Davids. Yes, yes, this is the best night ever. For just a quick recap. Uh, last time I was on, I said that the valiant drawings of image characters in Deathmate look like old and timey image characters, and the image drawings of valiant characters look like they were fresh and new. And I feel like Vince got so mad at me. You didn't talk to me for like the whole rest of that episode. And then, like, in the afterward part, you're like, all right, well, we got to go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just mad at me. Yeah. Now, we talked before about how neither of us really have feelings, except I have, I get great feelings when I think someone's mad at me. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> so were you mad at me? Uh, are you still mad at me? And A, no. And two, of course not. Why would I be mad at you? I I don't agree with your opinion. Therefore, fuck you. Like, I would never David, do that. David, it felt that way, though, right? Would you agree? I can. I, Again. You're asking me, because you're asking me and Vince knows me. I can definitely see. I can I can get why you would want to ask him that why you'd want that air cleared. This right. is Did it feel that way no because I know Vince but I definitely understand why you would want to make sure that that's not the case. I feel like this is relatable content. Like I think there's probably a lot of people listening who have had deathmate based arguments with their friends. I'm sure. Yeah, especially that episode. But yeah, no, I because th- th- these are this this is a conversation that I'm sure if I. If I haven't had with Vince, I felt like I could have had with Vince. Right. It's, well, it's, you, you're both an earthworm. It's like somebody just snipped you right in the middle because you're both the same organism. <laughs> David does that all the time. Like, I feel like you're mad at me. If I'm mad at you, I'm going to tell you. 
And lately, I've been taking the, uh, the scripture of Dave Windorf to heart. And uh, Dave Windorf says you got to live true, right? That's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to live true. I'm trying not to bullshit. I'm trying to be as, as uh, honest as I possibly can. Uh, if it hurts people's feelings... That's what happens. I mean, I'm not going out of my way to hurt people, sure. but if if there's fallout where my honesty is is not, you know, in earning me any new friends, then that's what's going to happen. Because I'm just going to live in truth. What were you doing before? I I played the game, right? I I was very good at bull- bullshitting. I think you and I are very similar. In this yeah. Way. If I want to get in your pants, I'm getting in there. But I, I never figured out how to use it toward those ends i was oh, just very good yeah i was math teacher so. i was <laughs> i was so good yeah all right let's bring this per- come on all i'm right, excited i'm excited you put it on here okay hold on now i'm gonna copy and paste right, this thing into the chat and then we're gonna see if you can tell who it is just by knowing who it is in the chat all right i'm, I'm sure gonna tony and i are drinking go. the same thing too oh do you want to talk about this no, basil, basil Hayden. So. I'm not drinking. Oh, I'm drinking spill-free water because it's on the it's on the floor. Using two hands. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. Nice. I'm not touching it unless I drink it. I'm having some 2005 Chateau La Rose Metairie. Uh, it's a red Bordeaux. I I don't know what it is or where it came from. I'm just trying to. Like I said, I'm trying to lose weight soon, so I'm not buying any new booze or food. I'm just eating through the house food, and then I'm going to go on my my shakes again. Uh, so this is some red wine. Sounds like you're going to get the shakes. <laughs> <laughs> I could get the shakes from this. It might be uh, uh, antifreeze, mostly. That's the Skype name? Yeah. Oh, wait. I was just writing a little note to myself to take something out of the episode. He's a robot. He's a robot? Did you... What did you want to take off the episode? Oh, don't worry about it. When we talked about death meat? No, oh my goodness, no. So I'm adding... Are you mad at me because I brought it up again? I'm I'm mad at you because you're still breathing. (laughs) Okay. All right, listeners, what's happened now is I put the name into the chat, and then we're going to call this person into the call. Okay. Calling Robot. Okay. All right. Hey. Joined. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Are you there? Now, these guys don't know who you are yet, uh, so uh, it's going to be a great surprise. Do you want, Vince, do you want to guess who it is? Oh. Uh, do I want to guess? Uh, no. No. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, you no need guesses. to introduce him, Tony. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll introduce you guys. Uh, this is uh, David Price and Vince Hello. B., they're the hosts of 11 o'clock comics. Usually Jason's here, but he's doing football tonight. Understood. Uh, this is my friend Bob Q, the artist of The Way of X, amongst other things. Wow. Hey. That's buddy. awesome. Hi. Hello, Bob. Hi. Uh, Bob, in the pre-show, Vince was talking about how much he loved your book. I think we're going to talk more about it tonight, but now we can do it uh, and embarrass you while you're That's here. amazing. Oh, I yes. can't wait to be horribly embarrassed. Feel free to to talk absolute shit if you have it. I'm not afraid. <laughs> there's there's no shit to talk, my friend. No, oh, is, beautiful. No. I love it. This is uh, great. So wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing slumming with fleece? 
What, what on earth are you talking about? We are talking about stray dogs all only. Tony, please. He's probably out selling me. <laughs> well, because he's got umpteenth printings. Jesus. And for once, this one looks good. <laughs> Whoa, wow. This is brutal. You hurt my heart now. No, here's, here's, here's a little uh, inside baseball. We have, uh, as you know, a Patreon feed. And mm-hmm. every day I put up a cover of the day. Uh, and the patrons don't know what it is. And uh, today's cover is uh, Purgatory number one from 2014. And I included cover D, which was drawn by <laughs> none other than... Tony Fleece. So not only are you a guest on our episode tonight, you're also um, clogging up our Patreon feed. Has that ever happened before? The cover of the day has been the guest on the show that night? I can't I, imagine. I specifically did it because you were coming on tonight. Love it. And that's I love you. That's the kind of service you can expect on this podcast. Yes, contrary yes. To, to you know what you think, I do love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I feel Bob, like I, I want to give, before you guys go into it, I want to give Bob a better introduction because because he's not just the artist of Way of X. Uh, you also know him from James Bond at Dynamite. Uh, oh. I loved him on uh, The Lone Ranger at Dynamite. Yes. Uh, and then he did Red Sonia for a long stretch. Then he came over to Marvel and did some Captain America with Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm-hmm. Then he, he drew the tail end of the Champions, the, the second volume of the new Champions. Uh, and then they pulled him off of there and threw him on this brand new number one Way of X. Uh, part of the X-Men uh, relaunch. Bob Q, ladies and gentlemen. Also That's the host me. of a popular podcast with his wife and her friend, Booze and Brews. Sweet. Wow. Now, I have a conundrum. This is an incredible intro. He's good at it. He's good at it. I have a conundrum because for the episode art, I already <laughs> made it with the Stray Dogs. But, dude, Way of X, come on. I don't know. Look, I, you, I under, look, I understand that that, that Sto- Tony has a story tradition on this podcast, so I don't I don't want to, you know, just muscle my way in here because you know no, the, but, the new guy in town feels rude. But you exactly, you are the new guy. So in order right. to butter you up to come back more, <laughs> and again fourteen times this year, so it's not like he's not going to have some place in, in on, on the episode. I'm doing fine. Do I'm thinking Nightcrawler. You have my blessing. Yeah, oh, I'm okay. thinking some Nightcrawler. That means a lot, Tony. Thank you. Of course. Cool. So, uh, why don't you tell them uh, what you're drinking? Because I think it got squashed somewhere along the way. No, he, Tony's drinking the Bordeaux. Okay. I, because Tony's coming, Tony was here tonight. I, it's the only time I drink Basil Hayden's because I thought foolishly that that's Mm -hmm. what he was be drinking. Um, So I'm drinking the Basil Hayden's and you said you're drinking water, Vince. Whole bunch of water. Yes, and I don't know if Bob has a beverage. Wait, is this, is this an alcohol infused podcast? And I was not informed ahead of time. It I is. I'm sorry, I didn't set you up. Oh, that's okay. Well, now, now I'm drinking nothing now, but I I, w- I would have. We've got stuff in the fridge, but I don't want I don't want to slow the show down. Oh, Tony screws up everything. You're not you're not, you're not, you're not gonna slow it down. It's oh. not live. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. Once great. they. Once they start going effusively into how great your book is, you can get up and run to the fridge. Yeah, and come probably. Back. Yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't notice you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been following you on Twitter for for a while now. I mean, I I, I love your work. When I saw the, uh, I mean, just to get right into it, when I I, I 
Nightcrawler is one of my favorite X-Men, and and I figured Way of X would be a no-brainer for me, regardless of who the creators were. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, I, I love your version of the character, man. Fuzzy Elf looks great from your pencil. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, um, he's he's been a favorite of mine for a long time, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to draw him. So, so thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> it, it is a, a great looking issue, but I gotta say, um, it's one of those rare instances where everything's uh, pretty much equally balanced. I, I think the the storytelling was amazing. Um, as far as Hickman, just handing over a bunch of cool concepts to these guys. I don't think they mm-hmm. were as fully realized uh, as they were with Way of X number one. Like, there was a lot of potential in what he laid down early with sure. the Krakoa and everything. But this, this this realizes a bunch of that stuff. To have the, the man of the cloth of the group watch these kids flaunt death because, what, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, we can mm-hmm. come back. That's the realm of the gods. And in his case, that's the realm of you know the judeo-christian god yeah and absolutely to, you know well, for him that's, to one, ha- that's one of the really cool things about what hickman's been doing is that he's you know they've they, they set up just like a bunch of sort of stuff and they don't super duper explain it necessarily and then they call up really cool writers like Sai, and yeah. then they go hey do you want to do something then they put together a pitch and then you get to explore these concepts that are just sort of out there right so like right. the crucible right like the 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 reincarnation and all this stuff like what what it does to what it does to young people, what it does to somebody like you as you were saying, like Kurt, who you know has died, you know, b- b- believes in is a Catholic, right? Like is a is a man of the cloth, right? Yeah. And and here here he is having to struggle with all this stuff and having to try to try to help these kids who like you know what, what is there to believe in? <laughs> right. It's it's hard. I think the. Uh, he hit the nail on the head by having the younger mutants be like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, it's it's like changing, you know, your your social media profile. Uh, mm-hmm. Pixie got shot in the face. <laughs> it's, it's complicated. It's, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll just come back. And and if there's no consequences, what happens? Like, you know, if the, you have these kids throwing their lives into situations needlessly, Nightcrawler's stressing about that, and I and I think the fact that the resurrection, he, I would guess that he believes that that should be reserved for one person and one person only, you know. <laughs> so it's conceptually so rich, but um, you freaked me out. Well, with- also, so like also, there's the the concept of like the Star Trek transporter thing, you know, like is each version of these kids mm-hmm. dies, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. or heaven. You know, and so then when when they finally don't get brought back, eventually, like, did they go to heaven or hell? And then there's just like two, thirty of them. You know, like Kid Omega, there's like t- at least ten of them in hell already. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing. A- I mean, I don't have any any inside knowledge on this, but I'm guessing. Um, I think the Patchwork Man is is. I mean, I won't reveal the person, but uh, <laughs> I I think that the uh the whole resurrection angle is going to have uh dire consequences i really do um th- and i what i was going to say before is the patchwork man image freaked me out i i think it's it's an extremely <laughs> uh disturbing image it really is the one that oh, the, re- the, the one in the beginning or the yes, one at the no end the one in the beginning yeah it's 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 crazy 
Yeah, I kept having I kept having to push because I, I drew him pretty gross, and then I kept pushing the colorist. I was like, no, I need his eyes to be grosser and weirder, please. Yeah, did a great job. Extremely yeah, good. And I, I I think I was almost freaked. No, I I probably was a little bit more freaked out with uh, with Doctor Nemesis's new look. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> throwing a bunch of cool <laughs> mushrooms out of his head. Seriously. I mean, you know, you don't have to look for your dealer. That that's great. But Dude, I'd never I mean, leave the house. I'm right. I, mean, I just pick pick I, a chunk off my head and eat it. I'd be like, all right, see now, you in a week. It, how did how did that look come up? Did Cy throw some ideas at you, or was this? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, I'd, I'd like he, go uh, ahead with that before. So, we go first. so what what he did with that was he's he was like, okay, so the the script just said that Doctor Nemesis had a bunch of mushrooms growing out of his head, and I was like, so. Is this just like a willy nilly thing? And then he'd kind of sent by this picture of this, um, so like a like an older male model, sort of you know, very dapper looking with a very nicely quaffed beard and that sort of uh, floppy haircut that all the uh, that all the soccer yeah. players have, right? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I totally get this, right? So it kind of became that sort of pompadour of uh, of mushrooms. And as soon as that came in, everybody was kind of like, yep, that's it, don't touch it, that's that's the guy. <laughs> I can't wait for that Marvel Legends figure. Uh, how did did, um how did you land this book i mean yes you've been doing some 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 work for marvel but how did you get wrangled into the x books i have no idea i I literally have no idea how it works over there i i had been you know i've been kind of um working my way through all the dynamite stuff and then i started i started getting a little bit more marvel work and all of a sudden i got a i got an email from their talent coordinator and he was like hey we have something we think you might be good for um we're trying to put it together right now let me know and i'm like i'm kind of available but i might be doing a creator own thing so just let me know and then like i want to say it was like a month later he goes hey are you still available and i was like yes and they're like here's the team here's what's going on and i was like uh yeah i want to do this book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fantastic yeah and uh and the the qualities of the art um they're awesome but i don't think and it's to your benefit and i think to this to the book's benefit they're not in line with what we've seen traditionally for an x book like this looks like an indie book in the x universe and i think that's a great flavor because it it doesn't play by the rules that has have been traditionally you know set down for the x books you know, like Maduera and Jim Lee and all that that style over substance approach. I think there's equal amounts of substance and style here. And it, it looks very much like a cutting edge uh indie book to me, which is that's why I was attracted to it. Yeah, it's I mean it's a very different sort of X book, isn't it, right? Like Love it's it. it's very philosophical, right? Like oh, yeah. we're talking about heady concepts, we're talking about resurrection, like we're we're talking about like what is what again? What does it mean when life doesn't really mean anything, right? right like, yeah. So so here we are. So like the idea of we're going to do like a big, exploding, you know, everybody does you know flying karate chops all day kind of doesn't make a ton of sense for this book, right? So, you know, you in my mind it, it made sense to approach it more from like um, you know, like a like an acting perspective, right? Like. It, it became more about how to how to play the characters on the page, right? Like how how they're emoting, what they're feeling at the moment. You know, are are they actually showing you what they are really feeling at the moment? That kind of stuff, as opposed to, you know, everything 
you know, there there are moments of excitement and stuff like that, but it, it is it is a much more introspective book. Right. I was feeling some Richard Case Doom Patrol vibes um, from some pages. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, great. Uh, but, I mean, totally unique. I, I, I love – for me to glom onto an X book, <laughs> it, you know, it's yeah. a very, very is, is hard... this Now, is this not your standard fare? No, 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 no. No, Jason's the mutant lover. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, then I would say David, then me. Like, I, I totally enjoyed uh, Byrne and Claremont. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Morrison, but my my dalliance with the X books, um, even though I bought it for a lot of years, uh, all of them are like few and far between. Generation Next, I like, I love that a lot. But mm-hmm. you know, as to say, I'm a mutant fan. No, I'm not. And it, I am a Nightcrawler fan, though. Sure. Yeah. Who's not? Who is it? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, this is a this winner. This feels sort of in line with the Morrison stuff too. I would say. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just so much as looking at it from a sort of a different angle, you know, looking, taking all the the new stuff that Hickman set up, and then following it all the way out. You know, like following all those tributaries and lakes and rivers as far out as they go. I guess you can't follow a lake, but you can follow a river. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 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 glad that. Uh, the issue came out uh, post constant crossovers. There's no, there's no Ten of Swords. There's no King in Black. There's no. I mean, yeah, I, I know the Hellfire Girl is coming up, but I don't know mm-hmm. how involved all the issues are with that. But you know, I'm. It, it'll be nice to start reading a book and be able to stick with it without being having it interrupted with with whether the event's good or not. But I just, I, I, I like when you know a creative team can kind of tell the story they want to tell without uh and i mean you know, we're, we're vince and i are both old school marvel fans we're dc fans so i mean we're i'm fine with events i love me some christ mm-hmm. and nerds and 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 that's all well and good but it, it's kind of hard for me to settle down and and get situated with something knowing you know in in two months uh we have to hit the pause button because we have to take care of business here and then we'll come back to this hopefully you'll come back with us but um no how how um how uh how far i i know it, i was looking through the previews today but how mm-hmm. how far ahead are you on on the series oh i'm, I'm incredibly far ahead i'm so, i'm so far ahead marvel gave me another book <laughs> oh shit yeah um, I, I guess I'm that guy, but yeah, no. So we we have like a we're sort of like the hangover of of the uh, Hellfire Gala. So like you don't really need to necessarily be buying all those in order to follow Way of X, though. Though uh, you should obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but but yeah. So uh, I'm I'm super duper far ahead. I've finished issue four already, and uh, they've given me a small spell in between to draw another completely insane book and then I'll be uh, I'll be returning to that hopefully at the end of May I think I don't know somewhere around there okay yeah Bob's very fast he, he's like a, say, yeah. he has an incredibly uh, constant schedule he takes weekends off but all week long he'll just sit there and bang out how many pages do you say you do in a week like eight uh the, currently yes I'm doing I'm doing 8 a week. So when do you what so all right so then what is your workday like what time do you wake up when do you 
it's is it is it nine to five? Is it whenever I wake up and I'll stop to eat and I'll keep drawing until the night? Or that's pretty sort of much thing? it. Like usually, usually what I do is I'll is I'll like uh, I, I wake up in the morning. Uh, I have a bagel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and then um, it's basically I sit down and I know exactly how much work I have. Like because I I schedule myself out and I'll like basically make a list of like how many pages I need to get done on a per day basis in order to make sure I hit my deadline. So then I just make sure that I have all that done. And as soon as it's done, I sit down for the end of the day. Um, and then, so yeah, that that's about it. And then I, I try to schedule so I don't have to do weekends. I'm currently doing weekends because I am on another book that <laughs> was recently announced, <laughs> but this was an accident. This was an accident. This was, this was my fault though. But what happened was, is I was, I was working ahead on way of X going, okay, I'm going to be able to get myself ahead so I can work on this thing. Cause I got, um, it just got announced. I'm working on the red Sonia black, white and red thing with Mark Russell. And I was like, Oh, I'll just get ahead a little bit on way of X. I'll be able to bank out, bang out this red Sonia thing in two weeks. It'll be no problem. And then Marvel was like, Hey, do you want to do this other book? Which I can't talk about, but it, the, <laughs> the book was so good. I was like, I'm just going to have to figure out how to fit all this in. <laughs> Damn. So yeah. is, is, uh, he got so far ahead on his regular Marvel series that they gave him another book to do, and then at the same time, he's doing another, another book. <laughs> at the same time, he has a three ongoing comics right now. That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's there are there are so many artists. I wish you could give a seminar to the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there. So, so are you? Um, how? Unlike Tony, you probably, you know, t- Tony's got somebody who comes in and screws up the inks on his book. But when <laughs> you have, do you? Um, are 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 you when you do your pages? How loose are you, or do you basically just finish in ink? Do you? I mean, obviously, if you're doing this many pages a week, you're not you're not going to waste your time. Well, I say waste your time, but you're not going to spend so much detailing on on penciling if you know you got to go back and and ink over it later. Yeah, um, that that no, that's correct. I'm I tend to. It depends on the book and in how I'm going to be doing it. Like because I'm on sort of such a breakneck schedule at the moment. Unfortunately, Way of X has been um, almost entirely digital, which I kind of like. For this book in particular, I really wish I'd had a few more, you know, uh, long-lasting archives of it that weren't all just pixels and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, so I'll, I tend to be pretty loose when I'm going to be doing digital inks, just because it's a lot more forgiving. Obviously, you can just hit Control Z when that when that line sucks and you can do it over. Um, but if I'm going to actually do it traditionally, then I have a tendency to pencil a little bit more tightly just because, you know, uh, it, 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 it's just easier to, it's easier to see it then, I guess. Like some, cause sometimes I don't know that a line's bad until I zoom back and go, oh yeah, that line's bad. Right. So, right. Well, let's catapult, um, off Red Sonia just for a second. Sure. Because, um, I just I just need some reinforcement here because I've been flying the dynamite flag for a lot of years and it seems like finally they've stumbled maybe upon the formula that clicks for their femme fatales. Um, Red Sonia I will argue has never been better mm-hmm. with Sonia Versal and the uh, the superpowers thing that Dan Abnett writes. Uh, Vampirella smoking with uh, Christopher Priest. Uh, it just seems like all their ducks are in a row, both uh, story-wise and art side of things. Where, you know, in the past, you would get a Dynamite book that maybe looked really good, but the mm-hmm. story was, eh, you know, whatever. Let's just exploit TNA for the entire book. And that, I mean, that <laughs> works, right? But it seems mm-hmm. like now that they've they've decided, all right, there's sub-substance sub, sub substance to these girls. 
they're actually, you know, living, breathing, flesh and blood characters with all the the things, you know, you would expect well-rounded characters to have and good bodies, right? Let's just be honest. A lot of the appeal for Dynamite <laughs> is, you know, the, the the cheesecake factor. But I'm just saying, I sure. think it, it's it's a wonderful time to be a Dynamite fan. And I'm guessing, you know, one of their creative people, because for a long time now, it, it, we we finally get the perfect balance of of story and art with with these uh, these heroines, and uh, awesome that you're there. You know what I mean? And you have been. Yeah, I mean, I I have no complaints. I've actually I I sort of was on the on the like like the real front end of of them kind of I think turning the the ship around in a lot of ways because when I first started working there I remember it was one of the first cons I ever I ever went to uh this guy walks up to me and he's like so what do you work on and I'm like oh I work on this this that and the other thing for dynamite he's like never buy a dynamite book and I was like all right wow. well thanks buddy <laughs> hey you're lost yeah, yeah right so, but fine. but um you know that that was at the point where at the beginning I was doing a Green Hornet book with Fred Van Lenty, and it yep. was a super-duper fun book, right? And then I was on James Bond with Jeff Parker, and that was, again, a super-duper fun, like, World War II book that was, like, a good romp, but also had something to say, right? And then I'm on, on all these books with Mark Russell, who, I mean, we all know about Mark Russell. Like, this guy knows how to write a story right. and also make you think about what's happening right now in America, right? So... Uh, I, I've been I've been very very fortunate to to um, again like be on the front end of that uh, I guess sort of the the, the dynamite renaissance if you will it's exa- I, I love I love the inflection in the voice <laughs> yeah. too it's great yeah but uh, <laughs> that's when I first you know took notice and when Mark Russell started doing stuff for them I'm like huh that's an odd fit uh, having just read his Flintstones run. Sure. And then, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Well, maybe this is a good thing because he'll bring some some credibility." Uh, not that you know the writers that preceded him weren't uh, steeped in that. I mean, Parker, he's an awesome uh, writer, right? But it, it it was just uh, a left field shot that made me realize that things were changing a bit at Dynamite, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm all go. I'm all for it. I love I love their stuff, um, and I think right now, as you said. It's it's a a renaissance in in a lot of their titles. Yeah, very, very I mean, good you know, the the fact of the matter is, is like the 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 better the books are, the better it is for everybody. So you know, mo- right. more more good books on the shelves is better. So. Very true. Very true. I, I feel like Dynamite's a publisher that will always, like, they always have younger or newer indie writers, and sort of will get them on licensed stuff, like they did with Mark Russell. Um, I see it happen with like a lot of people that I know coming up, and they'll get it. They'll have like an image hit, and then they'll get two or three dynamite books, you know, because dynamite just sort of tries people out like that. And I think in the case of Mark Russell, they really got one off, you know, like they got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, they found a winner. Um, but like you know, John Layman would do stuff at Dynamite all the time early on when he was just sort of starting to have, you know, like early Chew. Oh, yeah, success. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'll see guys like this, they'll have like a indie book pop off and then they'll have, you know, all of a sudden they'll be writing Panther or, you know. Right. Green, you know, Son of Green Hornet. Well, you're a veteran of Dynamite, too. Of course, we all remember Boo, the world's cutest dog. That's right. Grumpy Cat versus Garfield. We've all been here. <laughs> 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 he says it like everybody in the room makes comics. Yeah. We, oh we, yeah, of course. Yeah. We've been there. 
Vet, veterans <laughs> of the Dynamite Wars. Oh, I just said All Blue Oyster Cult before you got I here. <laughs> How did he know All that the characters I... characters I drew for Dynamite are uh, animals that are now dead. So I feel like my time there is... Good Lord. God damn it. Anymore. Rest in peace. Jesus. God damn angel of death over here. Seriously. And you put Nook in my, in, in my Titans jam, bro. Yeah, that's oh why I'm like the Grim Reaper. Holy shit. But you know what? Don't Speaking the as... anti-Cesar Milan. Right. Speaking as oh. someone who is uh, the same person as Tony, he doesn't really care. Yeah, that's true. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you, bro, but I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince, also, you and Bob have something else in common. You're both guitar players. Oh, nice. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I uh, uh, recently got uh, a brand new one after like having this beat up Fender Strat for like 20 years and I never played it. It just, when we had our first child, um, the time oh. dwindled and then three, two more kids later, I, I didn't pick it up in, in honestly 20 years. So I just, yeah. I, and I'm so rusty, it's not even funny. The, the guitar is always going to be there for you. The kids, though. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but now, I mean, my youngest is 17, so. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, they're pretty self-sufficient. Well, well I'm, now, you've opened the door now, so what did you get? I got an Epiphone Les Paul mm. copy. Mm. It's um, matte blue. Sure. Uh, turquoise, yeah. And um, I'm getting the feel for it. Much like uh, the cheap ladies to which I was accustomed, uh, it's going to take a while for me to be able to push the right buttons on it. <laughs> well, but, the last the last one I picked up was um, one of the uh, Fender. It was a, it was a Mustang ninety, which were the sort of garage rock guitars that they kind of put out the last I want to say two three years. Where it's a Mustang, but it has a, a real different pickup selector switch on it in the front, and it's just got P90 pickups on it. It's just it's super nice. fun, kind of. Uh, it's like surf surf green uh, to to add to my collection. I have way too many of these stupid things in my house. Well, how many? I do not do live have? in a bi- I do not live in a big apartment. I have too many of these stupid things. How Hang many? On. So I have three behind me. I've probably got another five to seven in the in the. Uh, in the closet here, uh, along with a ukulele, a banjo, and a mandolin. So, oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's my office is a problem. <laughs> maybe the ukulele, the banjo. Well, no, the banjo is already full grown, but maybe the ukulele and the mandolin will grow up someday. One of these days. <laughs> but I don't come from the uh, like um, Daniel Warren Johnson. You've seen his videos with him shredding, and he's like, you oh, know, sure. you can't even see his fingers. I don't come from that school. I I more I lean more toward the Mark Knopfler, Frank Zappa school where it's like you pick the notes instead of just you know this deluge of of I can't do it that fast that quickly so I sure. you know I I pretend I don't want to do it but if I could I would right but I watch those videos of uh what it was um John Mayer and he was playing with BB King and John Mayer played all the notes and BB King played like one third of the notes and his solos were all better. So you don't need the notes; you just right. need to play them good. Right. But I mean, I see these guys like Don Cardenas. He's he's like, wow, the fingers are just like you can't even track them. They're moving so fast. I you know, as as a fifty five year old dude, I can't do that anymore. I never could. Mm. But uh, I have no desire to do it. I would much like to. I would much rather pick and and play a solo like comfortably numb. That is like one sure. of the world's best ever solos. If I could absolutely map that out, then we're good. 
or uh, say more know. with less. It's true. It's true. But uh, let's get back to the comics here. Oh, okay, yeah. I think so, you guys would really get along on that front too, though, uh, Bob, because Vince is like uh, addicted to sound. Like he he keeps up with blogs and just like he follows music very closely, but I like do. in a in a very sonic way. Right. All right, we're taking over this podcast. True. Welcome, welcome to Guitar Talk. Uh, I'm <laughs> With me today is Vince and Anthony, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Nice, uh, Tony. Is Stray yes. Dogs doing any good? Yeah, we're doing good, man. <laughs> uh, I, I all because of the uh, <laughs> because of the eleven o'clock bump uh, that I've been waiting my whole career to to come through to finally pay off. <laughs> <laughs> finally pay off. Uh, uh, well, now that you're not drawing ponies, uh, <laughs> yes. I said to switch to a different animal. Um, yeah, it's doing great. Uh, the first the first issue sold really well, and we went to second printing. We've gone to second printing on all three of the issues that have come out so far. Um, and we just got numbers for the fourth issue, and the issues have been growing every issue instead of uh, declining, which is what normally happens. Right. Uh, so, And then heading into five, uh, Image emailed me the other day and said, we got the numbers for four from FOC. And they said the numbers for five from before FOC are even better than the post FOC four numbers, if that makes sense. Awesome. Like FOCs when retailers can go like, oh, give me ten more or whatever. Yeah. Just on regular orders, they're all already doing much better on five. So it's feeling fucking great. Like it's a, uh, it, it's a very nice. Uh, it's nice for this to be happening because I'm so proud of this book and so I put so much into it. And so, but I put. I'm proud of everything else I ever do and put a lot into it, but sometimes it works and sometimes, you know, it don't, but this one right. really seems to have, seems yeah, to but have this really is the, I mean, Tony, this is, I mean, this is the thing that you made from whole cloth, right? Like this is your thing. This is not drawing somebody else's stupid ponies or somebody's idiot dog that died. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this is your incredible <laughs> thing that. that you created. That's why this is amazing. That's why I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Thanks man. Well, I, yeah, but I'm saying I've created other stuff before. Uh, this one is just like the most commercial thing that I've ever created by by far, you know. Mm, right. So it's just sort of like it caught. It was. It's an easy thing to pitch and it's an easy thing to sell, and so it's 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 worked out really well. Uh, but that sounds very crass. You know, <laughs> obviously, it's art that I made and I believe you know I care about and stuff. But just like commercially, it's just like oh, you just tell people it's about a serial killer that takes his victim's dogs as trophies told from the perspective of the dogs. And that's, that's easy to sell. Right. Right. But you know, not to sound like a new age bozo, but I think if you do something creatively for as long as you've done, right. And your intent mm -hmm. is, is just to reach people like you, I, I, I knowing you, um, I don't, and I, I've never believed that you were in comics to get that movie deal, right? To be super popular, yeah. to get the mega millions. You, you're in comics because you love to draw, you love to create. And I think yeah. when your intent, and this may sound silly and, and, and stupid maybe, but when your intent is as pure as yours was, I think you've put in the, you put in the time, the universe is going to say, all right, <laughs> this yeah. one's yours, buddy. Like, look at Dave Wachter. <laughs> Dave Wachter yeah. has been swinging... At that ball for for a good yeah, part of a good me. yeah a good part of a decade right and then all of a sudden uh, like I never would put Dave Wachter and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles together 
And then all of a sudden, it clicked. People took notice. Bag of bones, like all, it just seemed like a, a bunch of dominoes fell for Dave Wachter. And now he's drawn aliens from Marvel. Like what? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, he's yeah. Just the- yep. No, he's uh, there's a, a Benjamin Percy uh, second alien series from Marvel. Yeah. Sweet. I think intent is very important. Um, uh, and I think it's real and it's pure and it's it, this is the the uh, the creative uh, pool into which we all dip, giving back to you. Well, no, I definitely agree with you, and I feel like that's um, hopefully that comes through in my work. It's definitely something that uh, slows me down insofar as like um, when I have an idea, I can't just like crank it out real fast because I'm just like, well. Let me just carve on this thing until it's the perfect thing, you know. Like I don't want to just put some, you know. When, when people do comics that are just sort of a lark, sometimes I think that's cool. But for me, I don't have the. I feel like it takes a certain amount of confidence to to bang out a lark, you know. Just like oh, this will be fun, and I'm just like oh, will it? You know. Uh, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so from where I'm at, where I'm just like, well, I want this to be perfect, and it's got to be the best thing it can be, and blah blah blah. Like it takes a real long time for me to put it together. And nobody's really asking me to do that besides my uh, love of the genre or my love of the medium. You know, right. like I don't, I don't want there to be a comic out there that's, that has my name on it. I mean, there are definitely My Little Pony comics out there that have my name on it that I just banged out on a lark. But that's work, you know. But if I, it has my name on it and it says it, it belongs to me, like I don't want it to be, you know, nonsense. Right. You know how much I love. Um Fred Perry and Gold Digger, right? Yeah. But, yeah, but the the company uh, that he calls home, Antarctic, publishes a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that um, you could call exploitive, exploitative, uh, reactionary. Like they do wh- – whoever's president, they'll do like a, yeah. uh, a, a, a pastiche of Trump in mm-hmm. one book. And then even when Obama was, was president, they did a lot of books featuring uh, – him but in a more complimentary way yeah Yeah. and and i think those books are never really gonna sell like and and the creative teams are never gonna really get um uh, i don't want to say famous because is there really famous in comics but they're never really going to get the spotlight (laughs) because the the intent is not pure they're just trying they have these books out there to either exploit uh a pop culture thing or a current event and make a little bit of money on it but that's I think that's counterproductive. Right. They're not. It's not. I don't want to say it's not art because everything's art, right? Uh, I just don't think that's going to get you the attention of the universe. You know, that's that's more business than art. I feel like they know exactly what something like that will sell, and they and so they know they can crank that out. That'll keep the lights on. You know, the people that do those uh, like Sarah Palin comics or Barack comics, are yeah, usually crazy people that run Antarctic to a certain degree so it's just sort of like you know maintenance you know like we got to keep paying printers and stuff like that so we know we can make x amount right. of dollars off of you know getting somebody to do a cool cover for a brock obama comic uh so we'll sell them isn't that but, just yeah, treading that, water though that's different. well yeah but that's business you know like that's comics. yeah again that's not where my i, I don't i don't think jason would yeah. probably be agreeing with you right now <laughs> I mean, there's I'm of two minds because like I have to keep the lights on, I have to pay rent at my place, um, but also yeah, I don't want to make nonsense. But I'm fortunate enough 
to have you know work like regular comics work that even if it is sometimes nonsensical or just sort of like you know for children or whatever you know like different than what I would normally read right uh, I can I can crank that out and make money on that you know like we haven't besides selling the movie we haven't made any money on Stray Dogs yet like it's we've been working on it for two years and it's just sort of like eventually it'll pay but I mean, we will make money we're doing very well but the, just the way payouts work we haven't made anything yet right Oh no, we can't have dead air. No, no, we can't. That's not good. Tony so, just gave me gave me a lot to think about. That's all. I was like, wow, jeez. <laughs> well, see, and, and that's first time for everything. He doesn't, doesn't do that when you know it's just Vince and I with him. No, he doesn't. Thanks for that, Bob. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm bringing I bring out the best in everyone, especially Tony. Please. <laughs> I'm noticing that. The uh, and and where are you located, Bob? Uh, I'm in Los Angeles. Ooh. Okay. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm literally just down the road from Tony. Yeah, we're b- very nearly neighbors, I think, but we never see each other in person. We only talk on Google Hangouts. Yeah, we talk on Google Hangouts, and I, I know that we've been to the same donut place, but we've never seen each other at the same donut place. That's true. And sometimes I go on Bob's live stream and, and comment in the comments. Yes. Draws. Yeah. As a good friendship. Yes. Um, and I know... Last time we were speaking with Tony, the the Reed hadn't made any decisions regarding conventions, and we always see Tony at New York, and um, and and Reed has announced the four conventions that they're going to have later this year. Um, how has um, well, Bob's been busy, obviously, but how is how's it <laughs> been? How's 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 the year been uh, without conventions? Um, I. I miss it because it's pretty much the only time I really get out of the house and go visit anything. <laughs> um, you know, because for the most part, I'm just sitting in this office and, and drawing pictures and occasionally going on a walk with my wife, right? Like, that's kind of that's kind of my outside stuff. Um, but, it's you know, it's nice to actually get out and talk to people once in a while. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that part's been a bummer. But, like, work-wise, I've uh, somehow miraculously managed to work non-stop through the entire pandemic and i don't really know how i did it but i'm not complaining about it yeah i'm not um but i do miss it like and and, you know i've still apparently got a table because i rolled over my uh my table from rose city last year and i'm supposed to have it this year i have no idea if i'm actually going though um yeah that was my next question is that i mean and to tony also what what do you guys see yourself going to? Are you vaccinated? Are you guys see yourself going to any cons at all this year? You're just going to scratch it and, and and see what 2022 is like. I'm getting my second shot on the fourth, uh, and then you know I guess two weeks after that I'm I'm all good yeah. to go. But like the 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 CDC guidelines is uh, currently posted. <laughs> are they're they're like you know you really should like if you're going to be allowed a large gathering of a lot of different people you don't know they say to do it outdoors. Cons are not outdoors, so no, that's not. a problem. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know if they're going to be requiring negative tests and or COVID vaccination cards in order to get into places. Like, I, I don't I don't know if they are. I haven't I didn't read the uh, read pop stuff too too carefully. But if they are doing that, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. hey, our plans right now, we're not sure what, what's what's going to happen with New York. I mean, we New York, New York Comic Con is our is our local show. Jason's in Jersey, Vince's in Pennsylvania, I'm in mm-hmm. Westchester County, New York. So we were that's that we we go there every year. We've gone there since they started. Um 
Actually, that's not true. Vince went the first year. I didn't, but every year since. But we, um, we're we not sure if if they are having a convention. We might still just, the three of us, get together, and then we'll catch up with our friends after hours. Uh, but we are planning on going to, because we've never been, and this seems like the year to do it, we've, we're, we're going to go to Emerald City uh, in December. Mm-hmm. As we figure that'll be far enough away where everybody who wanted to get vaccinated has gotten vaccinated and 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 hopefully things will be um, safer. Yeah, I I really like I'm Emerald thinking City. about doing that one too. Yeah. Nice. Uh, like that was like my favorite show just because I like Seattle so much just as a as a place to be and I have a I have a few friends that live up there that I, that I you know only get to hang out with when that show's on. And like this year, this last year, 2020 was supposed to be the year that like I was finally going to be up in Artist Alley, you know, doing all the doing all the stuff like a big boy. And it just did not happen. And I was so bummed. But at the same time, I was like, well, probably better to not do that and not die. So, you know, the, the choice was pretty simple, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Dying's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> Limits your ability to go to the con in the future, turns out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I heard you guys were doing uh, Emerald City, and me and uh, actually Ibrahim talked about it too, because uh, he was just like, "Oh, those guys are going to do Emerald City. Maybe we ought to do that." So I'm thinking uh, very seriously about it. Mm. Um, but I am doing Rose City. They they invited me, and I was just like, "Yeah, Portland seems like they're probably keeping it safe out there." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so I'll go for that. I mean, they they offered a nice, you know, like give me a hotel and stuff. Uh, I'll go try it out. I, I didn't get that. I've never done that. What show. the f is this? And you're on an X book. How did you not <laughs> get it? Yeah. <laughs> I want to call back. I'm, I'm, I'm my room you What is this? <laughs> they they throw. You set up this deal before you had an X book. That's true. Yeah. This is my own fault. I should have called them and been like, "Do you know I'm going to be very famous next year?" <laughs> That's have you not heard of Nightcrawler, my goods fans? I mean, have yeah. they? Well, did they? But did they send Tony the note before the eighty-third printing of the second issue of Stray Dogs? This is a good question. Literally, no. They oh. didn't invite me until post Stray Dogs. So yeah. there you go. Mm. Well, now Things I know. Coming, everything's coming up, Tony. You're only <laughs> as good as your last book, my friend. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Speaking of books, mm. yeah. Yeah. Do you know where you can get OGNs, TPs, and Omnibus really inexpensively? And for, you know, you people playing along at home, that's original graphic novels, trade paperbacks, and, well, Omnibus. Now, I have a guess. I'm glad you said TP. You see, I'm glad you clarified it, because normally it's TPB. Just saying TP. Yeah, well, this is a work in progress. I'm running with it. Uh, CheapGraphicNovels.com Yes, one more time without the echo. CheapGraphicNovels.com The agenda is in the name, right? If you want cheap graphic novels, where do you go? CheapGraphicNovels.com Your online home from brand new graphic novels and collected editions up to 50% off the cover price. They pride themselves on packaging your book so they arrive safely and in excellent condition as well as prompt and helpful service, right? They also have a bargain bin. Who doesn't love a bargain bin? Most of my books come from uh, bargain bins, right? Yeah, seriously. 
their bargain bins, you can score up to 90% off the cover price. It's insane. So, I didn't really believe so it. this is... Wow. Keep going. No, I didn't believe it. I said, you know what? I need to see for myself. I went on CheapGraphicNovels.com and I did searches for books that I would buy. Right? Books that appealed to Vince B. And what came up what if the original Marvel series Omnibus Volume 1, which hasn't been printed yet, but it lists for 100 bucks? CheapGraphicNovels.com has it, when it comes out, for 60 bucks. That's 40% off. So I said, all right, let's cross-reference this. I went on to Amazon. You know what the Amazon price of the What If Omnibus Volume 1 is? Cover price. 100 bucks. Like, what the hell? So then, all right, I said, let's see. How are these guys staying in business? It's ridiculous. It is crazy. (laughs) And I said, all right, maybe that was a fluke. I'll look for something else. Conan the Barbarian, the original Marvel Years Omnibus, volume five. That lists for a hundred and a quarter. CheapGraphicNovels.com, 75 bucks. That's 40% off. Amazon, $90. That's only 26% off. Do the math. CheapGraphicNovels.com, your source for the hottest books with the kind of deep discounts, quality shipping, and customer service that will keep you, that's you, coming back for more. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Boom! So this is my guy Max's shop, CheapGraphicNovels.com. He runs this place. Right. Uh, He used to be an employee of the place. It was a a brick-and-mortar store called um, Pulp Fiction Comics. And then they started off this online uh, component, calling it CheapGraphicNovels.com. And the the deal was they would do, uh, they would work in the margins. You know, like when you get a discount at your comic book store, they're getting the book for one dollar if it costs three dollars. They sell it to you for two fifty, and then they're making that, uh, you know, buck fifty off of it. And they still, you know. They could have made two. They could have made two dollars off of it, but they know that they'll get your business if they if they sell it to you for a little bit discount. Right. So this deal for them, they were working way in the margins, where they knew that they could do well if they just discounted as far as humanly possible for them. People would sort of make them a destination and come back to them and buy from them over and over again. Um, and that seems to be how it's going because now he owns the place. Um, and I went and visited him right after I got my second shot because it's down in Long Beach and I got my shot in Long Beach. Um, and I hadn't seen the new warehouse before, but they just moved into this incredible new warehouse space and it's like heaven. Like oh. I've been to the to the Mile High Comics uh, warehouse. They've got like a superstore warehouse, you know, and sim- this, that's like Mecca, you know, like that's the greatest place you could ever go. But this is like... A little piece of heaven in your own backyard. It's just this entire warehouse full of trades and graphic novels, shelves on shelves on shelves of like all the new stuff that's coming out. But also they keep an eye on older stuff or stuff that goes um, on remainder. Uh, like Max and his team are just really good at keeping an eye out for like, oh, we'll be able to sell this at a great discount, or oh, these people aren't going to have this, or oh, uh, Marvel. <laughs> Is, is putting a show out and they don't know that like they need to reprint this thing so I feel like we can allocate a bunch of this you know uh, Scarlet Witch stuff or get a bunch of Invincible stuff like they're just they're on the ball when it comes to stuff like that and 
uh, I bet he didn't tell you this, but I happen to know that they're about to do a giant Nick and Dent sale. Ooh. Uh, and because I went there and he showed me the Nick and Dent area because he's like you said in the in the ad or I don't know if it was an ad or if you were just speaking contemporaneously. Oh, no, it's an ad. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, They don't even pay us for this. He, this is just um, a great thing that we like. <laughs> he was like, check out this Nick and Dent. Uh, because I had asked him about a book that I wanted, and he was like, oh, I got that Nick and Dent. Come on down. Um, and so I went and took a look, and he's like, this is the Nick and Dent area. And I was like, what, where? And he's like, all of this. And it's like two full rows of this warehouse, like these shelves that go on and on, you know, like thousands of books, um, because they're so specific about what counts as, like, in good condition or not in good condition, that if something is slightly fucked up, we'll just go like, yeah, that's we're not sending that out. Um, and so they just have tons and tons of stuff uh, that some of it's out of print now, um, but it's like not not in great enough condition to sell as brand new. Uh, but within the next few months, they're going to put up a Nick and Dent sale. So if you uh, you should bookmark their site and check back in every once in a while because it's about to be. I mean, I'm sure you'll hear about it everywhere because uh, like I feel like it's going to be a big deal. Like a lot of hardcovers and graphic novels. Um, I got. The, the Sienkiewicz um, New Mutants trade, like the Marvel Legacies, mm-hmm. which everybody's moved on to, like, the Omnibus or the... I have the IDW edition, but it's too massive to, like... Like, if I just want to look at it, I just can grab this trade. Um, and I had all the other uh, New Mutants trades, but that one is, like, out of print, and it sells for, like, two, three times as much as all the others, because it's the good stuff. Hmm. Um, but I got that off the Nick and Dent for, you know, like, ten bucks so, something to look forward to. Maybe I'll finally get the uh, those absolutes in, man. The yeah, I don't even know why I did the promo. I should have just let Tony do it. Seriously, yeah, that well, was great. When he comes when he comes back next week, because I'm sure Tony, I'm sure Jason will be. <laughs> That's me coming from the same way. Uh, so. Bob, how? What got you into comics? Were you a fan since a kid? What were you reading growing up? What were you? What were you into? Uh, I, uh, the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell everybody the dirtiest secret that I've told on a couple other podcasts. Reading comics for two months. I don't even like comic books. They're stupid and dumb. <laughs> no, uh, I was a comic strip person growing up. Like my my comics were Mad Magazine. Like, instead of okay. bedtime stories, my dad would read me the lighter side of, right? So, like, everybody I liked growing up was, like, Don Martin, Dave Berg, Duck Edwing, Mort Drucker, all those guys, right? So, um, I actually thought for a long time I was going to be, like, a comic strip artist. Um, and I think, there, you know, you can, you can probably see a little bit of that in my, like, comic book artwork. Like, some of the staging... Some of the, you know, leaving a, a bunch of top of room at the panel for the dialogue balloons, right? Like, all yeah. that stuff is in there. But, um, but yeah, it was, it. what happened was is, I, you know, I, I ended up getting, so, mostly I was just reading uh, comic strips and stuff like that. But then, you know, the 90s rolled around, and then all my friends got real into comic books. And then I saw, you know, the, I remember that one of the first ones I saw was the uh 
Fatal Attractions, X Men twenty five when uh, Wolverine had all the adamantium ripped out of his body. Yep. And I was just like, oh my god, what are these things? This <laughs> and it looked, you know, it was like horrifying and amazing all at the same time. And then I kind of fell away from it for a while. And then my cousin, like their family, was kind of into the into the comic book nineties boom of you know buying things because maybe they're going to be worth something. But they brought home a bunch of Cyberforce comics, and I saw the first one of those, and I'd never seen anything like it. And I was like, "What is this?" And I bought all of them immediately. And I, I recently reread them, and I was like, hey, you know, "I don't know, I don't know that these are these are very good, but they look amazing." <laughs> So like that that was my next in and then I kind of fell away from them again and then you know later on in the in the early 2000s you know Scotty Young started drawing and I was like oh my gosh comic books can be this and then it was like I saw I, I hope he never hears that the, his what, head his head is big enough already oh yeah I do I <laughs> like, I'm going to tell a Scotty Young story now I was talking we I was talking to somebody about Pixie on the internet, and I said, oh, yeah, the first time I saw her was, uh, and I didn't tag him in it, but I was just like, oh, yeah, first time I saw her was when Scotty Young drew New X-Men, and he jumps into my mentions, all like, oh, yeah, uh, and then here's, <laughs> here's the thing that got me the job, and, like, he, he posted, I was like, yep. why, why are you hijacking my conversation, dude? <laughs> I'm Scotty Young, what? damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, everybody knows you're famous, okay? I'm having another conversation. <laughs> me time. Yeah. I'm having fun here. So, but, but yeah, so like, but, but again, I was like, oh my gosh, you can draw comics that look like this. And then, you know, eventually I, I, through him, I started finding a bunch of other weird artists and I was like, oh my gosh, comics are much bigger than I thought they were. And that's really when I started reading a lot more of them. Right. Like I got real into Hellboy and, um, I was reading a lot of, I was reading a lot of Chew when that first came out, really loved Invincible. Like I, I wasn't reading a ton of big two stuff at the time. Uh, but yeah, that, that was sort of. The, 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 those are those are my comic books, guys. Yeah, yeah. a lot of good uh, names in there. Yep, yeah, not too bad. You hit the you rang my bell with Drucker. Um, oh I, yeah, yeah. I think he's one of the the uh, best ever. Absolutely, and, um, Davis. Uh, and it's amazing when you look back at the stable of artists that worked at Mad. Like, how did all of those super cosmic heavyweight maestros all land on one magazine it's it's al ja al jaffe oh, uh yeah. don martin like what the it, it boggles the mind and this is before like we're talking about the magazine but the comic when you got kurtzman and feldstein and just uh though that caliber is even more out of this world it's just i, I think jack davis of yeah mm -hmm. davis is is legendary right but uh, how does lightning strike that many times for one publisher? Wally know, Wood, like, stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know how they did. Like, I, I know that there was a lot that had to do with like William Gaines and his ability to like sort of keep control of the magazine even after a bunch of buyouts and, and movement and stuff yeah. like that, right? So like, I think that had something to do with it. Like the the attitude of the office was was real different than a lot of places, and maybe maybe that's what did it. I'm not super sure, right. uh, but it really is also, amazing. There's like a blue collar aspect to the comic book artists of those days, where mm -hmm. to, like they worked at that because that was the magazine that sold the best, and they were the best. So like, you know, like they just sort of ended up there. Almost, um, you know, like if you have the best car dealership in town, you have the best car salesman 
you know, the best cars salesman is going to work there or he's going to want to work there. Like, I feel like there's a, a certain aspect of that, you know, like there's that generation that comes after where you start having people that are fans of comics and they're sort of doing it for different reasons. But like these guys were great because they had, you know, six kids or whatever. And they just wanted to, to be able to handle all that. Yeah. I think there's a lot right. of um, accolades that we should be throwing at Cracked Magazine, too. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, not as much as Matt, of course. But, uh, I mean, John Severin, that alone gets you yeah. uh, in, in the door with me. But then you're talking Marie Severin, then later on Dan Klaus, and uh, just a, a good stable of artists at, at Cracked, too. Uh, the humor I mean, magazines I, are overlooked. They really are. Mm-hmm. I remember um, the big deal when when um, Cracked got Don Martin. Cause he yeah, that was, that was a slap mm-hmm. in the face. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like when the Verizon guy went over to Sprint. Shame. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Or when the Kirby went thing. to DC. Yeah. And yeah. then back to Marvel, yeah. Then they left Marvel again. I feel like we also got to get cartoons in the conversation if we're talking about this. I always include those three together because those are the comics that my cousin would have when I was first discovering comics. Yep. You you mean cartoons as in the varmints in the, the hot rod magazine? Yeah, yeah. Cartoons. Yeah, that, I love that. Yeah, oh, those cartoons? are those yes. are great. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Well, a lot very scary in some spots. Like those little critters were for someone who had a regular diet of Marvel, uh, you know, superheroes back in that part of the, of my my uh, collecting habits. Those varmints were like creepy ass little things. That why are they hanging yeah. around this grown ass man, and why is he allowing them to? Like it's just. But uh, I didn't. A lot of that magazine didn't connect with me because I know nothing about cars. I know where the gas and the oil goes, and that's about it. And the, yeah. maybe the windshield. And they're talking about like, you know what, you know struts and act and all this stuff. I like, okay, whatever. Let's yeah, just look at the pretty pictures. Much lower. Uh, barrier of entry like you didn't have to know about shit to read mad magazine very it's true like, oh, i've yeah. seen murphy brown let's go yep. <laughs> yeah so they always had the how to draw cars in cartoons and i was always very bad at it which always bummed yeah. me out yeah so right like, hell yeah i want to draw a lamborghini that's the coolest car in the world nope it's a turd every time i drew it was a turd <laughs> yeah mm. Because I don't think they ever used the perspective word like that word never appeared in there it's <laughs> like here's the car draw it <laughs> yep Draw a box. Now draw another box. There, it's a car now. Okay, yep. thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's really coming in handy because I similarly had like the fun. There's the part of those how to draws that's like, okay, here's the fundamental building blocks, and then there's the part where it gets to where you got to put a little English on it. You know, like mm-hmm. this. This now it's up to you being a good artist, and that's sort of where it always falls apart. But uh, I'm drawing Transformers right now uh, for My Little Pony Transformers. And that is just basically, you just have to do the first part. You know, like, these characters are all just building blocks. And the other stuff is, like, whatever. You know, like, unless they're transformed into a Lamborghini, then you got to sort of have a little bit of, yeah. uh, you know, style with it. But to just draw a Transformer, it's just like, all right, here's a bunch of blocks, and draw them in perspective, and then go in and detail them out a little bit. But I, I, I was, think you I need to give yourself... Time, I was just thinking about it. You need to give yourself a little more credit than that. It's it's not. Well, sure. I mean, they just yeah, don't pop I mean, into three D space. Long enough. Yeah, I know how to do it, but I'm just saying, like, as I was drawing it, I was just going like, this to get this result. Like, this looks like a transformer when I'm done with it. And if I had been drawing, you know, like 
like a pinup girl or right. Wolverine or something. Like it'd take much more work because you have to do more of that in between part because there's more skin and muscles and all True. that stuff costume over yeah. top of the shapes and the Transformers are just the shapes. Yeah, just just boxes, long boxes. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of long boxes, longboxes.com. Nice. Tony may be replaced. Oh, jeez. <laughs> never. I'm coming for your job, please. <laughs> That's all right. It doesn't we, pay. We could never get rid of Tony. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> it sure doesn't pay. Don't cut me in on this sweet Patreon money. So uh, let's change the subject. What are we reading that we're enjoying? Play <laughs> um, Actually, well, yeah, we had we had new comic book day. What did you, um... Yeah, all right. So guess goes first. What are you reading, Bob? Oh, I, 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 listen to my listen to my schedule. I have no time to read anything. I haven't read a comic uh, book in months. Well, the scripts count. Yeah, but yeah, you're okay. making comics, so that's a great yeah. trade-off. I'm I'm reading Way of X almost exclusively, over <laughs> and over and over and over and over again, <laughs> one page at a time. <laughs> all the post-it notes. So, um, well, in between writing books, Tony, what are you reading? Uh, well, this week at the shop, I haven't dug into them yet, but I'm very excited because I got uh, the Barry Windsor Smith book, Monsters, Yeah, which is like I flipped through maybe a hundred times now before even reading a word of it. And it's just so beautiful. Um, it's crazy. And also, like, you see little Barry Windsor Smith things in it, like little flourishes that he does. And you realize that you haven't seen that in so long and how good it feels to see, like, just That's new it. Barry Windsor Smith. And he's... You know, he's like in his 70s now, so there's a chance that he could have showed up and just sort of had, like, lost a touch, you know, like, lost a little bit. But he's all there, like, yeah. it's fucking great looking. I'm very excited to read it. Uh, it's oh, awesome. read by him. Uh, and Rune? I got Rune Storyteller, I think, was after Rune. Storyteller was after so Rune. That, so I think that's the last I saw of him, right? Like, what has he done since then? Was Wildstorm Rising after Storyteller or before? Maybe before. Did that Adastra in Africa graphic novel that was basically the Storm thing that he pitched to Marvel and they didn't want it? Didn't he? He did that at Fanagraphics. That's from Storyteller. Yeah, but he finished them at Fanagraphics. But other than that, I mean, what what has he done? It's been like 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, so this is a good segue Great. because um the tonight was supposed to be our book of the month for April, which will take place next week, and that of course is The Captain America by Jack Kirby Omnibus, featuring the Mad Bomb story. Um and then in June we were supposed uh, in June our scheduled book of the month is the Defenders Omnibus. Because uh, that should be in our next Box 2 events. So um, we have decided, the three of us made an executive decision. Jason threw it out the other day. Uh, May's book of the month will be Barry Windsor Smith Monsters. Yep. Oh, sweet. It mm-hmm. just makes sense. All right, good. Well, now you, I know how long I have to get it finished. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's a book that's on everybody's lips right now. So we figure, why don't we strike while the iron's hot? And make that our book of the month, Tony. If you want, you can come on with us and do that. I was just saying as a listener, but I think that would be fine too. Yeah, 
there's the door's always open for you. I'm going out of my way to to let you know that I don't hate you. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he did not. He, That's he a valiant artist that I liked quite a bit, Barry Windsor Smith. Right there, you go. Um, see, Vince went ahead and and made this decision himself without even confirming. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't ask so, anyone. I said, "Fuck him." Right. We don't. So that it's obvious he loves you, Tony. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, I feel better. All right. I've have read something. I would. It's 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 very strange, but uh, initially uh, I was a little taken aback. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I don't understand this. This is a little bit uh, unpleasant. But then I thought, huh, that's a really good business plan. Such as I know very little about business, but this seems like a good idea. In hindsight, I read something from Heavy Metal. Hmm. Heavy Metal has a new imprint. Called, I read it too. You did too? I called, did. The, it's called Heavy Metal Elements. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty brilliant name when you when you step back and take a look why they named it that. Because, you know, periodic table, the ele- elements make up everything. Heavy Metal Elements takes stories, continuing stories, from the pages of the Heavy Metal magazine and publishes them as two ninety nine single issues, like a series. But you're thinking, all right, two ninety nine. That's pretty good price for a comic. They have foil embossed die cut covers. They may not be thirty two pages. Some of them may go sixteen pages. Some of them may go twenty four pages. However many pages, um, maybe one or two chapters of the story printed in heavy metal magazine proper went. They'll just put those in single issues. And I think that's a great idea because I'm not going to mince words. Thirteen ninety nine uh, cover price for heavy metal. A lot of the content is yeah. uh, not all that great. Let's just say. And we we love anthologies, and we 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 tend to say you're going to find chances are you're going to find something in an anthology to enjoy. But right, I I have to admit that even even I I loved heavy metal in the eighties, but there, there have been times lately where. Yeah. It's it's hard to take the cover price and and compare in contrast with the content and 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 try to get your bang for your buck. Right back in the day, because they're like ten dollars or more a piece, right? It's thirteen ninety nine cover yeah, it's price. Thirteen bucks. Yeah. Yeah, psycho. So I mean, but but you know, in the heyday, and I'm talking, I'm not talking, you know, seventy seven, seventy eight, but when heavy metal started to become really popular, you can get a hundred and twenty eight page issue for like six, seven bucks, mm-hmm. and th- when it's that inexpensive, you don't mind if there's some serials in there that really didn't ring your bell, but now at you know thirteen dollars, if three quarters of it is yeah, stuff I wouldn't normally read or seek out. I, I get a little bit, you know, hesitant to lay down the money. But this is cool because I can get an issue of a comic drawn and written partly by Bart Sears for two ninety nine. I really like Bart Sears' work. Um, yeah, uh, the, the cross-gen stuff, the Justice League um, Europe stuff that he did for DC. I, I love his work. It's so much larger than life. And he has a, such a way with anatomy. Uh, and when I saw Bart Sears on the cover of this, I was like, okay, it's called Maiden. And this is the first issue. Uh, it's co-written with his wife, Michelle. 
uh, illustrated entirely by Bart Sears, with uh, color art by Peria Pillai. I'm probably butchering that. But it's uh, a story uh, called Naoma, the Bride. And this first issue has two chapters. They originally appeared in Heavy Metal 302 and 303. And it's it's a pretty standard tale. Um, there's a, uh, It starts with a dream. And uh, there's this mystical crossroads and a beautiful woman walking. And, and she's accosted. Uh, she's pawed by a bunch of naked, gray, screaming women. Uh, and they're they're demanding something from her. They're 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 crying out for vengeance, revenge, right? Uh, and this this woman in, embodies their their rage and their wrath, and and she's an assassin. And then she wakes up, and her name is Naoma, and she finds herself uh, on the day of her wedding, handpicked by uh, the first wife of a man called Lord Arano. And it's a feudal Japanese thing. Uh, he's the lord of the house of the eagle. And he's a dick. He, 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 uh, has, a, he has a taste for, for young ladies. Um, when I say young, I mean young. Uh, he doesn't hesitate to kill. Uh, he's just a slob, right? But somehow he wormed his way to the, um, the top of the food chain and his wife uh, is tired of being abused and mishandled and so she offers him Naoma as a gift like here here's this beautiful young thing why don't you get married to her um and Naoma is an assassin and she rips on the on the uh night of her wedding she rips through castle uh Arano just killing she heads being severed, body parts flying, massive amounts of blood, uh, and she's half nude while she's doing it. So, um, you know, like this is a there's there's a part exploitation with this thing, but it's just an old-fashioned revenge story, right? And I thought it was great. Um, it doesn't tread or break new ground, right? It's just a a, a hack and slash from the perspective of. Um, this, now you don't really know if you're, if she's 100% human or not. She seems to be like a feminine spirit of vengeance, but in the hands of Bart Sears, holy crap, like it is gorgeous. Is it not, David? It really, really, really looks good. I mean, I, like you said, we've, yeah, he was Whitman on the Wizard Magazine covers, but I mean, you know, Justice League Europe. I've I've been Bowen a Sears board. fan for a long time. <laughs> what, what, was you, what was that? Remember Bowen Board? Yes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, I this was I I, it, I didn't know I was going to ask you where you, you found out because even in the um, even the details on on the credits page I, I didn't know which issues of heavy metal this this was in. Um, oh wait, you didn't read three hundred four. No, because episode three, the bloody, disturbing, violent or hyper violent uh, splatter punk chapter is in 304. So you didn't you didn't see that. You just saw where she wakes up on the bed and he's he's got the knife to her throat. 
Yeah, the next. Oh, week, dude, she, she next chapter. Is she the destroys yeah. all his people. No, she calls it the massacre. Yeah, the massacre is the next chapter. Yeah, well, uh, right. Lord Arano gets the hell out of the room, and she picks up a sword and just chops the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> it's insane. It's then I, uh, then hopefully the second issue will be. And he's like, oh, it's okay. My people will take care of it. I don't think so, dude. I think you're in trouble. <laughs> the, uh, I, yeah, it, it, it definitely looks like Bark Sears in, in, in a good way. It's, it's, it's been a while since I've seen any sequentials by him uh, in a modern setting. I like this a lot. If, if I have to nitpick, I, I, I like the italicized lettering. I'm not a fan of of the main lettering in the book. Um, well, Bart did the lettering too. I know he did. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, because when you see the first chapter, and everything is spoken in like that that thought dream yeah. kind of language, the lettering looks fantastic. And I was like, wow, all right, my man's better at burn than lettering. This is great. But then, <sighs> then I get to the uh, then I get to the second chapter where people are actually talking, and I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of. That's just stark. But the story itself, I, I, I dig the story. The art looks great. I'm, I, I, I love the flow of it. It's um, colors are good too. It's it's popping. I I liked it a lot. I, I, I it was completely an unknown quantity to me. I, I was just I figured I would just give it a shot, and and I'm I'm quite happy I did. Yeah, there's a lot of red in chapter three, but okay. um, no, the, from the. Uh, it, like I said, it has a feudal Japan edge to yeah. it. So uh, he covers all the bases. The the armor that these these male warriors wear is amazing. When Naoma enters the one uh, scene, she's wearing this kimono esque oh, thing. Oh, the green dragon! And oh my it's, god! That's yeah, beautiful. it's insane how he goes in and just embellishes everything to perfection. It doesn't look forced at all. Uh, but the the line is so confident. It's just it, I'm jealous, right? But the the thing that got me was you don't like I said you don't really know if there's a supernatural element to this thing. There's she's followed around by this old woman that they call the Hag, and it could be a a, a, a paranormal entity that's just attached to her. She could be. You don't really know. It's not spelled out. It's only chapter three, but. Um, there's a, a sequence where she's leaving this this crossroads thing and there's a, a cemetery gate, a giant gate, and it's so ornate and you can see through it and you can see the the the, the land arc up in the back of them. It's just an amazing uh, panel. I, I think if, if you're a lover of great art, uh, you should seek out this uh, by Heavy Metal Elements. It's Maiden. Number one, I think there's going to be eight chapters. So issue one contains two chapters. So plan on buying four two ninety nine issues. That's not going to kill you. No. Yeah, it's no, especially if it looks like this. this is or great. you know, if you're a glutton for punishment, you can buy heavy metal and spend thirteen dollars and get one really good chapter. But I'm being facetious. There's there's a couple of good things in in three oh four. Not thirteen dollars good, but you know. I, I think they're trying. I think I would love to get Tim Seeley on just to pick his brain, because um, he's you know I never really saw Tim as an editor 
or uh, on that side of the production chain. But he seems they seem to be doing good things. They're trying new things, which is great. Uh, a die cut cover with foil for two ninety nine. That's insane. That's great. It's insane. Yeah. I just, what issue? I, just pulled, I just pulled up some pages from this thing. It is it, you are you guys are not kidding. This book is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Holy smoke! Yeah, me too. I went and looked at it. I think the colors work really good on Bart Sears, especially because his style is so bombastic. Yeah, you know, and like uh, like Wizard Magazine. I think of Brutes and Babes when I think of him. Yes, and the colors that I'm seeing are very uh, muted, and it sort of pulls him back down to so you could tell a more serious story with his with his more operatic style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it works pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm not psyched about how that, that colorist does uh, like smoke and clouds. I think that's a little fucked. But it's a little digital. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. But I, I think Bart has... Um, there's a little bit of Lee Weeks in this, which, um, mm-hmm. if you remember, Bart Sears got a little bombastic there for a while. Where oh, y- a little. Y- well, yeah, everything, every muscle was was present and you know power girl was the lips were all pooched out and she was just so cut and ripped and i was like yeah i i we know you know anatomy you know anatomy really well i don't think there's a reason to 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 make it you know stress that fact in every single panel but he seemed to have he seems to have purged the need to to do that because this is very natural looking to me anyway um, even Naoma, yeah, I mean, I she looks really good. Like, there's not, uh, there's not a whole lot of exaggeration, is what I wanted to say. Long way. Uh, I'm gonna get it. I'm on their website. I'm gonna order it. I already, when I went to the website, it suggested that I might enjoy this issue of Heavy Metal that features uh, Milo Manara's Gullivera. Oh, that's real. She, yeah, she's got the hat yes. between her legs. Yeah, Mama it's, Mia. it's really good. That's already in my cart, baby. Come yeah. On. So what's interesting is is so heavy metal site says yes it's two ninety nine but if you actually go to previews world uh they have it for three ninety nine it says it's issue one of eight so I'm not sure who to believe but you can get yeah. it from heavy metal for two ninety nine interesting I just placed an order with heavy metal uh they have a Tony if you do a, a search they got a bunch of uh, four dollar and eighty cents uh issues from like say. 2002 to 2010 and there's a really yeah yeah there's a lot of good stuff in there i love i i love getting their emails because they're they're like i'm I'm always tempted to to go through their sales and i just i never have enough time whatever you do tony just avoid the iron maiden legacy of the beast oh yeah yeah okay Uh, i got a tip for you tony go uh search for genetic grunge there's a two issue package for seven bucks amazing amazing work I'm making a purchase already for that Gullivera, right. so I'll get some. I'll get yeah. some stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 good shit. So yeah, um, Maiden, surprisingly yeah, I'm, good. I'm kicking myself now that I never got the um, the Ranks of Rocks uh, collection that was solicited last year. Ah, oh, that's that goes on sale from time to time. I know. Yeah. Well, maybe I should see if Max has it. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> cheapgraphicnovels.com dot com dot com dot com correct me I feel like Jason when he comes back from his uh, vacation is going to be like what are you doing doing ads for another cheap graphic novel website like, no I already checked it out with him really yeah this is allowed 
I like how, how, how Tony assumes who's in charge of the show. Seriously. <laughs> I know who the businessman is. No, I floated it by uh, Jason, and I said, do you think this is a good idea? And we all came to the consensus that, yeah, it's a good idea. Okay. All right, sounds good. I'm excited to see how this pans out. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So there you go. What else do we have here? I've been reading uh, Usagi Ojimbo. Oh, nice. Um, the IDW stuff. Um, since the since they started putting it out there, um, I, I only recently sort of got turned on to Usagi Ojimbo uh, generally within the last couple of years. Because um, it's, it's one of those ubiquitous things where it's just always there. You know him from Ninja Turtles. And you're just like, oh, this is a character. And like, I knew, like, I'd met Stan Sakai at different things because he's from California. Um, and my friend Tone Rodriguez, who works on Street Dogs with me, is is good friends with him. Um, and so it was just sort of like a thing that existed that I was like, one of these days I'm going to get around to it. And you guys covered it recently when you did the Ninja Turtles Usagi Ojimbo mm-hmm. uh, crossovers collection um, as your book of the month, and. Uh, it's correct me. Have you guys have neither of you have gone deep on Usagi, right? Correct. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. I, initially, so I, I did, but then I I like stopped buying it. Critters days. Yeah. 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 I sort of got into it. I read a couple issues, and I really was psyched about it. Um, and so I grabbed all of the Dark Horse trade paperback collections because um, they put out these big. Like phone book sized, you know, 500 or so page collections of Usagi Ojimbo in black and white. Um, and the first, the first volumes is a two volume set that comes from Fantagraphics because of how the licensing works. Um, and that's all the Fantagraphics books. And then when it goes to Dark Horse, all those volumes are collected through Dark Horse. And I'm not sure how that works now with the IDW stuff, or I don't know what the business end of it is. Um, but it was in black and white up until like a year ago when he went over to IDW and now it's in color and I had read I've read like a few volumes of the older stuff and then because of the way that the storytelling works like you don't have to know every single thing so you can just sort of read you can pick up an issue and read it um, and I really like that about it like like Bob said when you work in comics you're so busy that you don't have time to read like a ton of books I still buy a ton of books and they just end up stacking up but I can always read Usagi Ojimbo because it's just really easy to track like he's such a confident good storyteller that like even if you haven't read it for three months you can just sort of pick up an issue and jump right back in Um, and even if you hadn't read the issue before like usually you can sort of figure it all out Um, when he came to IDW he had a colorist who was his cover colorist on all of the previous, like the Dark Horse stuff, and that guy colored the interiors. And if we're being honest, I fucking hated it. Mm. Uh, wow. I'm used to seeing these interiors in black and white, and it's not like Stan Sakai changed his technique at all. Uh, like, he just um, he just kept doing it the same way, and now you add color to it. Um, and this person had been doing the cover colors. Um, I don't want to say, now that I've said I fucking hated them. I don't want to say the guy's name, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't be able to find he, out. He, just uh, call him Joe Blow. He was a longtime colorist um, 
And I think that if you're going to jump into Usagi Ojimbo at this point, having been a successful black and white comic, like it looks fine. You don't really need color. I think they just colored it IW because it's like you're saying, uh, what's the difference? You know, like, why would I try this new volume of it? They're like, oh, put it in color. How about that? Right. You know, that's something they can sort of add to it to make it valuable for their, you know, their licensing of it or whatever. Um, and so he wasn't doing a lot with like storytelling in color, which I feel is important. Like if you look at uh, like Stray Dogs or the stuff that I color myself, uh, Stray Dogs is not colored by me, but I'm involved in like I, I have a dialogue with the colorist. Like this scene should feel like this, or this scene should feel like this. This guy was just sort of doing like just basic, you know, like he chooses a palette for the whole issue and just knock out the whole issue. Anyway, that guy retired, uh, and Hi-Fi came in. And I started coloring it within the like the last five issues, and uh, they're doing a very nice job now. Um, and so I would say, like, if you pick up, I mean, you could pick up any of them, but if starting at like issue twelve or fourteen of the IDW uh, Usagi Ojimbo, I think it's like the nicest looking color stuff they've done so far because everything is sort of has like a nice. Uh, like a nice feel to it and the storytelling and the color are sort of working hand in hand um, they had they just did this thing that was like that was the Tengu war where Usagi um, gets wrapped up in this battle between these crows and these werewolves and these uh, I don't know how to explain Tengus uh, but they're like sort of magical warriors that he had trained with years ago um, and so it's like a three issue arc they're, they're doing them in these like three issue arcs and then they'll do a one shot or four issues and then a one shot but what's interesting about it is because Stan Sakai um, I don't know like if you follow along with the news at all but like he lost his wife a couple of years ago and he's an older guy you know like he's in his 70s um, and Usagi Ojimbo now is sort of about an older warrior looking back like it's not like old man Usagi Ojimbo like to look at him he still looks to be about the same age but the character has been through so much now that every person he comes across is like an old foe and it's always sort of like looking back on a life lived um, and it's very interesting uh, just from the perspective of somebody who's like sort of facing mortality to be still cranking out comics in the same way that they had been before but now, sort of with the knowledge of, like, it, this is a story by an old man you know, that's lived a whole life. Um, which is very interesting uh, in that way. And also, if you look at the early fanographic stuff to now, you watch sort of the evolution of an artist who goes from being, like, very tight and precise and, like, uh, uh, what are those markers? Those pens that you have to put the cartridge in. Uh, rapidograph. You know, just like, <laughs> Very detailed, rapidograph lines, you know, tight, tight, tight. And now he's so confident, and you feel like he could just do an issue with his eyes closed, and it's just sort of loose, and gestural. Um, it's very interesting. The last one that came out uh, was issue 19. It came out like two weeks ago. And for, I think, the first time ever, he has an art assist. So I was worried about him because I'm just like, well, what's going on here? You know, like... He hasn't ever needed help, and now he's got somebody like jumping in to help out on inks. You can definitely see it; like it looks a little bit different. 
Um, it looks very different on the pages where he has an artist, so it's not like he's trying to hide it. Um, but I'm friends with the editor, um, and so I texted him to see, and I, apparently he's okay. Because <laughs> I immediately was just like, when an old man has an art assist, I'm just like, oh no, this is the end. <laughs> it sounds like he's okay, he just needed some help. I mean, they have a TV show coming out, um, so it could be he's just sort of split a million different ways or whatever. Um, I haven't really talked to him. I haven't done the full Vince where I'll go in and talk about the story and the details, and, and but it's it's just such a vibe. You know, like if you like samurai stuff, um, if you've seen a Kurosawa film and just been like, I, I feel that um, Usagi Ojimbo is that vibe, and the, the fact that it has a, a a rabbit as the star, and he's fighting dogs or crows or whatever, really doesn't even matter in in as much as it's just sort of like using iconography, you know, like to this this clan is dogs and this clan is goat people or you know cat people or whatever like that's the reason that these are animals just so you can look at it quickly and sort of know like who's on team what um it sort of comes out of this funny animal tradition but like in practice at this point that's sort of what the point of the animals are i feel like like it's he never hops he doesn't do rabbit things you know like it's just sort of like uh it's almost it has nothing to do with <laughs> the comic that he's a rabbit. Like it never comes up. Like in my dog, in my book, the dogs are dogs, and they have sort of like dog limitations. This guy, this guy has no rabbit limitations or really even rabbit strengths. They never go like we need someone who can hop. Like it doesn't ever come into it. Um, so if you've looked at the book and just been like, oh, I don't care about animal books, uh, that is not what it is. So I would recommend it. I I spent so long, you know, like I'm 42 and I guess I or 41. And I didn't start reading it until I was like 39, 40 years old. Um, and so I feel like a lot of that time I was just like, I don't care about animal books. Like I haven't read the Carl Barks stuff or the, uh, you know, like the Don Rosa duck stuff. Oh, you really um, should read that. Yeah. I can't read the Don Rosa because he's a creep at conventions, but I will check out the Carl Barks eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not going in the show notes, that's for sure. <laughs> Hashtag that yeah, Tony. What? The the color IDW stuff. Uh, it's fucking great. And nice. if you're like me, and you like a good collection, those those trade paperbacks of the Dark Horse trade paperbacks are incredible. Just like phone books of black and white, beautiful Usagi Ojimbo stuff for bargain prices. Nice, nice. Well, you said the Vince treatment. I'm kind of getting away from that. I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to gonna you know go very deep into stuff. Uh, I will, am more focused on what's important with the the art. Why is it different? Why does it does it walk and talk any in any ways that separates it from other stuff? Like obviously, I couldn't do that with with Maiden number one. You, you know, this mystical female uh, spirit of vengeance who rips up a castle with one breast hanging out. Like there's really no deep meaning to that, <laughs> you know? Uh, but lately, as, as we progress, I'm going to try and get to the core of what, like you, you said iconography and like, bam, that struck me because that to me is what uh, one of the tenets of uh, Yojimbo is that, yeah, the, the clans are split up into different uh, types of animals. And that's important. That's what, 
makes yeah. that world tick. So yeah, that I would I would go into that in a second. But as far as like you know, and then he opens the door and his grandmother's sitting there and she's dead. Like I'm not gonna go too far down right. the, the narrative road because I'm just we've done it for 13 years. I'm bored with it. Right. I'm not speaking for anybody but myself. Um, yeah. yeah. I just want to try and make it more. Just mix it up a bit, right? Yeah, I, I would. I mean that as a. Oh no no no! I got it. Yeah no, but you were yeah, right. You, you're known for doing uh, detailed, in-depth reviews of these. Movies. And I still will do that. When it, he's known for doing an audiobook version of the comic we're reviewing. When it's when it's uh, worthy, I'll do that. But. But yeah, like years ago, I had a friend. One of my best friends was like, "Oh, the best book on the stands is Usagi Ojimbo." And I was just like, yeah, right. But I mean, it's a, it's a cartoon <laughs> book, you know, like I get what, that you're saying that because for whatever. But at this point, it is the, the most reliable book that I read. You know, like I, I come home, talk about like talk of, top of the stack or whatever. It's always a book that I read every month. It never goes into a pile. Like I can always rely on just being able to grab it. And you know how comics are now, you know, like there's it's. That says a lot to me, at least. Yeah. You know that, like, you can just grab that, and it's always good to go. Um, and and same with back issues. You know, like I can pick up any Usagi Ojimbo, and it's good to go. Bob, you ever fuck with Usagi Ojimbo? Dude, I'm t- you you are selling this so hard for me right now. I'm like <laughs> rapidly filling a cart on Amazon with this crap. Like, I, I want I want this so bad right now. <laughs> yeah, recommended. You should Highly check out check out cheapgraphicnovels.com. <laughs> I, I mean, that's where I am going. There right you now. go. Graphicnovels.com. Tony, Tony will pick the books up for you next yep. time he's there. Yep. Tony, Tony will deliver like the them crass, to you. That's you true. Were, I, can, I know I have the address. The crass version of it is that they're my bathroom books, you know? Like, uh, I, <laughs> I can always grab Usagi Ojimbo on the way into the bathroom, and I'm not going to be in there forever. But it's just like, uh, I, I can read it. Like, I can reliably read it every month no problem and it's always edifying and like as a as sort of like classic storytelling you know like it's great, it's, it's the, great. my time in the bathroom is so brief i couldn't even read a jack chick tract in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> those have well, more words than a lot of comics they really i'm just i'm making a note to of of which books to avoid in the box that tony brings to conventions of buying books <laughs> that he has like so i'm like try not to buy the usagi books why is this book in sepia oh wait a minute wait this page is just so uh it's nasty right um i did tony fleece fume hood series <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's nice I um <laughs> this is catching up finally on um uh Superman and and action and and the first two issues Superman and action of um Philip Kennedy Johnson's taking over the uh the series that had the Phil Hester art and it was it was they were fine setup issues at least just to kind of get used to, to to the changing of of the decks but um i was really superman number 30 had the uh scott galuski art and it, it it looks it looks cool and it 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 felt like a um 
uh, a pre-Triangle era Superman story. It was it, it took place in outer space, dealt with aliens that Superman hadn't chatted with in a while, and it was and 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 we are we're getting a lot of John time because Superman is about to go into space and deal with some things Mongo related, uh, leaving John on Earth to be Superman. So we're kind of setting up that and and that's that's going to be the new superman series written by uh tom taylor with art by john timms which i cannot wait for but uh action comics which is i believe the series that that pkj is going to be keeping um number 1030 was the first issue with um with art by uh daniel semperi and i'm i'm guessing that's that's correct but this is this issue is setting up the whole war world thing um and the art's cool i i i'm i like st perry superman a lot uh and and this issue also kind of deals with some of the kryptonian technology and how uh, lois is visiting in air quotes candor because she's projecting herself into one of the libraries in the bottled city um and superman is also there to stop by and say hi and uh they are pulled out of the projector or the projection um by kellex because there is a um there are a bunch of spaceships there's a bunch of vessels in orbit heading towards earth um now before that happens superman's kind of taking a test uh or i'm sorry he's 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 batman and the atom are kind of experimenting on superman by having him go through his paces uh he's um he's dealing with uh he's taking on some obstacles going through some exercises and batman is concerned because um Superman's energy output increased while his speed and levels of force were diminishing. Um, and they're seeing signs of slight cellular decay. So Adam is more optimistic. Uh, you know, this, this might just be in conjunction with solar cycles. It might not, it might not have anything to do with any of the radiation that you came in contact with during the fight with the aliens at the breach from the, the, the previous two issues. Um, Batman, of course, always the optimist thinks that that's not, that's not the case at all. And, um, and he, uh, he, he's concerned. And, and because of that, he says that it's maybe time for Cal to talk to John about not just being his replacement as as being his replacement on the league on earth and and as superman not that you know superman's about to cal is about to up and die but uh contingency plans and all that so batman's thinking ahead um so while that's happening damien and john are having a conversation um and the age difference is the same, except now that it's flipped. Whereas before John went off with his grandfather and, and, uh, aged 10 years, um, 
he was three years younger than Damien. Now he's three years older than Damien. So um, Damien kind of breaks down to him, makes him, lets him know, you know, um, you, uh, you really have no say. Um, it's, it's not up to you about whether or not you being Superman, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you don't want your dad to die and, you know, you're feeling some kind of way about his situation, but you were literally born to do this more so than, than your dad. So you'll fill your dad's shoes someday and, and, uh, and, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So just kind of, you have to kind of accept it. So, so I actually, this is, this is a situation where Damien then actually pissed me off for a change. I'm not a Damien Wayne fan. And this was, um, he didn't bother me in, in, in these handful of panels here, but, um, Superman takes off from the Fortress of Solitude after Kellex warns him about the ships approaching. Uh, John meets him up in the sky. Um, and Superman hears something from inside the ship. It's a, um, it's, it's a prayer spoken in a dead Kryptonian language. And when he breaks open the, um, the hull, he sees a young woman, with with a massive sword, similar to Ileana's soul sword, but not quite the same, uh, and a Mohawk dude in chains behind her. Um, possibly they were prisoners on on the ship, is what my guess is based on their shackles. But uh, that was the end of the issue. So it really has me stoked to find out what the hell's going on, and and I want issue ten thirty one now. But um, I, uh, I I I'm. I really like the art in this issue. It, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm happy with, uh, with the direction Superman books are going. And again, you know, the Hester art was, I, I like Phil, I, I like Phil as a person, but I like his art style. Um, and, and it was classic and, and it, it kind of evoked something, but not necessarily something that I wanted in, in a current Superman story. Whereas, um, the Godlewski art in in Superman thirty is exactly what I would expect from Scott, and it looked great, and 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 it fit that story. Um, but the uh, the Simperi art feels um, it's it's fitting. I I I I like the look of this, and and I'm um, I'm more optimistic now than I was. When when uh, Philip first came on this, this is the kind of issue that reminded me of um, the the House of L one shot from from Future State. This is the kind of stuff I want from from my Superman stories. And um, I I just I feel better now than than, like I said, than like I did when um, when the post Future State relaunch stuff happened. Uh, So, yeah, so that's. I'm 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 happy to say I'm still going to be reading Superman. You love Superman. Love I kind of it. it's, it's always good to finish an issue and then realize yes I want to keep reading this. This is yeah, not and destroyed that, the and, book for me. Right. Yeah. I I when when I finish an issue and I'm like I I don't want to wait four weeks. It I'm bothered that I have to wait four weeks. It's it's bittersweet because yeah I mean it's a compliment to the creators and um I just I I, I want to see where we're going. Obviously. Um, they, 
I feel that they did their job with that. So, and and I, I was, it was the I, same I way. Of, you'd only have to wait two weeks. So, <laughs> this is true. Or I would just, you know, I'd email you and ask, you know, if I could see the sample pages. But yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. I like this guy that does the uh, the ambush bug backup quite a bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I wanted to tell Vince. That ambush bug is in the backup. Sam Basri. Yes, Sammy Bass. Yeah. Yeah, super neat looking. Yeah, I mean, I like my ambush bug to look like Keith Giffen, obviously, but like, it's not going to be that. This is a this is just fine by me. It looks cool. Yeah, that was in the Superman issue. And um, did did, did Basri draw that Voodoo series the, from New Fifty Two? I, I, I know. I believe name, so. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a name I've seen in recent years, but um, but yeah, the ambush bug stuff is great. Love you, but it's not enough to get me to read it. I get it. It's fine. I'm not yeah. trying to convince anybody. I'm telling you what I dug. What you did he do? My parade? Jesus. I'm not crapping on your parade. I don't he know what he do. did. I don't remember. Nothing's coming up here. Remember how mad people were about this voodoo? What a fucking mistake this yeah. was. <laughs> I uh, did some Batgirl, did some Harley Quinn. Uh, yes, did Voodoo, Voodoo Zero, Voodoo 10, 11, 12. Yeah, did some Voodoo. I could really draw a stripper, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well, that's there's a, That goes on the resume. I can draw yeah, the hell out yeah. of a stripper. Vince be approved. Damn right. <laughs> Sounds like a dynamite resume. <laughs> They're more stringent with their resumes these days. Yeah, yep. only classy <laughs> folks are doing covers. Yeah, I I don't yeah, think uh, Joseph Michael Lindsner gets enough love. Oh yeah, he's great. His covers are just amazing. He did covers for all those Red Sonias, right, Bob? Yeah, you get comps um, of that. I I got a lot of comps, but usually it was just of the ones that I did that nobody bought. Oh, <laughs> they don't give you comps of the other covers. Um. I don't think I got the ones that uh, that he did for Sonya. No, too bad. It's too Shit. bad. Because yeah, these, these are good covers. They're definitely better yeah. than the ones I did. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Lee covers on your books. Oh, oh yeah. they did. They would always send me the Jay Lee covers, and those were always killer. Yeah. Yeah. Beloved minority. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, and on that note, Jabez. <laughs> where do you go to get your comics and bric-a-brac for cheapness? Tony, where do they go? Well, it sounds like you can go one of two places at this point, but I think what we're talking about right now <laughs> Don't rock is the boat. discountcomicbookservice.com. <laughs> That's right. DCBservice.com. DCB. I almost said DCBS. I almost said it. But I didn't want to jump in because I've never been on the show before. That'd be a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> DCBService.com. Get your stuff, get it fast, get it delivered right to your home for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. Write these down. It's the last time you're ever going to hear them. Vault Comics. Barbaric number one, $1.99. Middle is Behemoth Comics. Motherfuckers, number one, $3.29. And from Image, we got Vinyl, number one. Of six, 
is $1.99. DCBService.com. In your travels, I uh, indulge in a Wayback Machine each and every month. If it's not an issue of the creeps, it's an issue of this. Vampirus Carmilla from uh, Warrant Publishing. Issue number two features a cover by San Julian, who was a mainstay at Warren. It is a gorgeous, horrifying cover. Uh, the man is very adept at the icky. But um, they've assembled a group of artists that are very reminiscent of the, uh, the greats at Warren. Number one on my list is this guy named Nick Paluco. And I'll tell you, he draws Carmilla half Betty Page and half, um, oh, what was her name from uh, Better Off Dead? Um, Diane Franklin. Remember Better Off Dead? How cute mm. uh, John Cusack's uh, love interest was, right? Yeah. There's a, a Carmilla is employed, well, not employed, but it's her job to babysit a bunch of monsters, right? That's her deal. She babysits these monsters and she reads stories to them to keep them occupied. So you get the whole horror host uh, shtick. But she's uh, reading to these uh, creatures and she has this head tilt on, and uh, just a, a squinty-eyed smile, you would swear that it's Diane Franklin. It's just an amazing... Uh, and he's got a, a little bit of Wally Wood and uh, John Basima to his style, which neither of those is anything to, to sneeze at. Uh, I just love this magazine because it brings me back to the days when Eerie and Creepy and Vampirella were still on the newsstands. It brings me back, back to the days when newsstands were still a thing. Um, and, you know, for a buck, you can go and learn a whole lot of stuff about uh, life that you haven't lived yet. And there's a lot of nudity in it. There's no nudity in this, per se, but it is very um, cheesecakey, right? And, again, the stories aren't going to break new ground, but they are in that O. Henry-esque uh, vein where, oh, the woman was buried behind the wall. Like, you know, it's it, they're, they're fun. And they're always told from a, uh, yeah, the woman's dead, buried behind the wall. Fun. Yeah. Uh, very cheesecakey. Yeah, it's just great stuff. Um, Warrant with a T publishing The Creeps and or Vampirus Carmelia. Obviously, it's their take on Vampirella. Love it. Excellent. Sweet. I love it that you love it. That's the uh, goal, to do something so popular that somebody just does a fake version of it years after you've stopped doing it. Right? Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> just like our podcast. In yeah. your travels, this completely took me by surprise. Shout out to John Wimmer, friend of the show, and um, all-around swell guy. Hooks me up with... Um, Marvel Codes, and I was catching up on a few things, one of which, which, again, never in a million years, it was it was just kind of an eeny, meeny, miny thing. I stopped Comixology on the new volume of Iron Man, written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Cafu, except for the eighth issue. Um, 
Colors by Frank D'Armada, and they're not dark, which is great. But what had me read all eight issues pretty much start to finish without any interruption. Um, this is this is the post Dan Slot run, and uh, so there's no Mary Jane here, thankfully, Vince. But there is, of course, a love interest for Tony later on as the series continues, not right off the bat from the first issue. And I guess in a recent series, he also, he and Janet Van Dyne were also a thing because in the first issue here, he moves into his new place in Brooklyn and she stops, she like taps on the window and says she's moved on and they, and that's it. Their, their relationship's over. But what Tony Stark has decided, it, it starts off with a fight between Iron Man and Terax. And then he takes Terax into space, throws him through a satellite to get him out of our solar system. And when he does that, um, on Twitter, everybody's bitching about Iron Man for basically, you know, killing their cable TV and now their cell phone services shit because of the satellite he took out has affected so many people on the planet. So he's getting shit that way. Um he has decided to um, completely, um, he's withdrawn from the board of Stark Unlimited. Uh, he has, um, he's basically liquidated his, uh, his cash. He, um, he, he's got money, but, you know, he's not worrying about whatever company is doing he um he he gets rid of he, he sells his house he gets rid of um actually no the house was sold during an auction he um no he gets rid of his phone he's getting rid of all the cars he's he's settling on a uh a 1978 dodge aspen just back to basics kind of stuff he pulls out not the old bob layton style armor Something not quite similar to that, but he's he's going more streamlined vintage kind of look. Uh, no nose in the helmet, thankfully. But he's he's just trying to be, a, I guess, as close to the common man as somebody like Tony Stark can be. Um, he does meet up, though, with Patsy Walker, also known as Hellcat. And so they go out in New York fighting crime. They're, they're, they're the new hot duo but they come across the unicorn of all z-listers and he's claiming um tribute to someone known as the other and uh turns out the other we find out in 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 the following issues is korvac so korvac is back he has decided that he is going to um make the planet a better place uh, and now, of course, Tony's having second thoughts, whether or not he knows what's best for the planet. Maybe Korvac knows what's best. And uh, there's some drama with Patsy Walker because, of course, she's had mental problems in the past and Korvac's fucking with her there. Tony ends up bringing in, he can't bring in the, the Avengers. Um, he's got to keep this on, on the DL because he doesn't want to tip his hand to Korvac. And and the the team he pulls together consist of gargoyle who i haven't seen since the last issue of the new defenders frogman who works at the restaurant owned by gargoyle 
Misty Knight, who's basically only there because James Rhodes was been taken has been taken prisoner by Korvac, and Scarlet Spider. And that's that's his team. That's his that, that that's who's going to save the world. Um, the arc hasn't completed as of the eighth issue, so I'm still waiting to find out um, how Iron Man and and company saved the day. But but the art's been great. But this has been this has been a blast. I haven't I haven't enjoyed Iron Man this much since the old Denny O'Neill days, and um, it's. You know, it, it it is a modern telling Iron Man. He uh, he meets this mutant, goes by um, Halcyon. Who his mutant power is basically his heart rate never goes above like seventy beats a minute, and he's a race car driver who just fast and furious style going through the streets of of New York City racing cars. Um, and it seems, like, it seems like that'd be a problem, though, right? Because, like, if you're running real fast and you're working real hard, but then you're not getting enough oxygen, you just pass out. You would think, right? And and and, um, but I guess he's real calm when he's when he's racing cars. But when he's he's out working with uh, with with Tony's posse, uh, Stark gave him a suit, which kind of uh, offsets that uh, lack of adrenaline, I guess. Oh, but crafty old Tony Stark, I should right. Guessed. So uh, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, so it's been, I mean, it's, it's been, I, I'm close to saying it's been a hoot. I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm so pleasantly surprised. I would definitely, if you haven't read Iron Man in years and I haven't, aside from, you know, his fuck ups and civil war and things like that. I've, I've been a, um, I haven't actively been avoiding Iron Man stories. It's just that Iron Man is not necessarily, not that I can relate to Batman, but it, it, I, Tony Stark isn't necessarily a character that I'm like, oh snap, I need to see what he's up to. It, it's there are plenty of other comics for me to read, and those featuring Tony Stark are usually the ones that are higher on the list for me. Um, but I think Campbell's got a pretty good handle on the character. I uh, he he knows he obviously knows some Marvel history because I mean he's bringing up fucking Unicorn and he brought out um, uh, the controller. I mean the the, the dude's Korvac has uh has enlisted i mean there's they're just it it's you probably haven't seen him since assault on the vault or anything like that they're just i mean he's he's pulling characters out that like nobody really wants to mess with and and he's he's doing something with them so it's not it's it's uh he brought cardiac back i'm like what i haven't seen cardiac in in years either so um and and cardiac was of course against big pharma and you know tony rescuing these scientists makes it look like he's for big pharma so I mean, he's a whole pr snap it, it's he he really has like no luck lately and uh and whether or not it's deserved or you know, self-inflicted but it's it's uh i i think campbell's having fun with this character messing around in in, in this setting um I'm here for it. Uh, it's 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 been a blast. I, I I have I've absolutely enjoyed it way 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 more than I ever expected to. I, I did not think I was going to make it through all eight issues, and and I couldn't. I, I really couldn't stop. So in your travels, the latest volume of Iron Man by Cantwell and uh, Cafu. A near hoot. A near hoot. <laughs> a near hoot. <laughs> Close. Almost. Is that the new is that the new rating system? 
How many hoots is it? Near <laughs> is it a hoot or is it not a hoot? <laughs> what you got, Tony? Um, uh, well, I mean, I've just been mostly making stray dogs, so I'm going to do my main in your travels. Uh, read my book, Stray Dogs. Uh, issues one through three, you can tell your comic shop to get them and they can get you the second printings. They're all at Diamond still. Um, it's a, a book about a serial killer that takes dogs as trophies from his victims and it's told from the perspective of those dogs trying to figure out uh, what the fuck is going on. Um, issue three just came out and that's the one I describe as like the suspense story issue, like a sort of like the most Hitchcocky, most like tension, violin string issue. Issue four comes out next and it's the full horror movie issue like it's the full horror story and then issue five is our action climax um so uh i'm excited people seem to really be digging it and i'm excited to for people to see the next stuff because i feel like it gets better as the issues go on so like when people are digging issue three i'm just like oh this is good because the next one is is better than this uh, so i'm psyched about it um and then i just read last night uh my when i first moved to la i sort of got this uh i had a a group of friends who were my movie friends and then a group of friends who were my comic friends because out in LA everybody's creative they make something um, and my comic friends um, were all from the, the Bendis board the, the message board that yeah. Brian Michael Bendis used to have um, and two, yeah, yeah I used to like waste all like all the time I waste on Twitter now I used to waste on there uh, back in the early 2000s um, but two of my like real life friends who we would get together and go drinking uh, on Jinx World uh, were uh, Joe Henderson, who ended up uh, being a, a writer on uh, White Collar, and then Lucifer, he was the showrunner on, um, and Kyle Higgins, uh, who was writing comics at the time. And we were just like, look at this guy, he's fucking doing it. He's out here making comics, um, and. They both have image books right now at the same time, almost on the same. Like we, all of our first issues came out almost at the same time. Um, so Joe's book, Shadecraft, I just read the second issue of last night, um, and the first issue felt to me like uh, sort of like my so-called life, but with monsters, with like shadow monsters. Um, and the second issue, it has a lot more humor and a lot more character than I expected from the first issue. Um, so it's sort of like a more lighthearted uh, teen show, but with monsters, uh, which is super fun. And then Kyle's doing Radiant Black, and they're sort of doing this. Um, I, like I heard you guys review of the first Radiant Black, and like fair enough, you know, it's just like standard superhero fare. Um, but he's, I can tell that he wants to do his Invincible, you know. Yeah. Which is sort of like you do a superhero book where you can do whatever you want, you know, like nobody's telling you you can't make this move or make that move. Um, and he just did issue three, which uh, when he texted to me, he told me what it was about. Was just, he's like, this is the issue where he <laughs> he tries to write, and so like it's just the character who's a writer writing, written by a writer, uh, and who is t- as- who is himself writing, which is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like a real snake eating its tail. As somebody who writes uh, from time to time, like it definitely connected a couple of times where I was like, I get this, you know, like that that makes sense. 
um, that like I I could connect with the character in this way. Um, and I think that's how they even advertise that that one. Like issue three of our new comic. It's the one where the guy writes. And I was <laughs> like, that's a fucking swing, man. You know, like you, you do the first two issues and then the third one he writes. But then the way they're promoting issue four is like, this is the one where everything changes. And uh, so I read issue four because I get the PDFs or whatever. It's not out yet. Uh, but fucking sure enough, everything changes. Um, and in a way that, like, I love it when somebody does just, like, makes a big swing. Um, and I like it when my friends try stuff that's uh, that's sort of, like, exciting and not just, you know, if you're going to make something that's your own, why do the same old shit, you know? Sure. Um, and he made something that's its own. And, and, and I think when people read issue four, they're going to be like, oh, look at that. Jesus Christ. Um, so... Uh, Radiant Black and Shadecraft, two of my buddies from from back in the Dude, day. I just I, I just read the second issue of Shadecraft, and I enjoyed the first <laughs> one a lot. The, the it's a whole the different sec- direction, right? Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely. I mean, that last page, I was like, holy shit! And and I mean, I think Zadie is a great character. Um, conversation she has with her brother is feels real but uh i mean her parents seem a little young but never mind that it's it's i i enjoy the um the high school scenes aren't uh darn annoying it, it it's all it's just it's um i think i i i i mean i've i've been a garbage fan for i mean this is the highwayman it's it's i've i've always enjoyed his line but uh the the shadecraft is just something I'm I'm really enjoying. I, I I couldn't wait. I thought about the first issue, and then I saw the 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 image preview copies in my email, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And I read it, and I was just like, "This is I didn't expect this, and I cannot I it and it's it's moving at a at a decent pace too. It's not they're not yeah. doesn't feel like this issue was padded or or it's like oh I thought we were gonna get so close to something to a mystery solved or some sort of answer and we but it's not i didn't i, I didn't finish it thinking well I, I i feel gypped it's just it's i'm i'm liking the progression it's it's a solid series i hope i i i'm happy with it and and i need to uh i need to read more by these two yeah i mean spoilers for shadecraft but like the first issue you find out that the shadow is her brother who's mm-hmm. in a coma um and then the second issue, that brother is now a character. Like, the shadow brother is there. And so the first issue has a whole vibe where it's, like, this girl who's creeped out and doesn't know what's going on and shit's creepy. And then the second issue is now you have two siblings interacting. And so, like, the vibe is completely different because there's, like, that interplay between somebody that you know so well um, and, and who you fuck with and, who you, like, who you, who you like to joke around with and stuff. You know, like, it's, it becomes a whole different thing. The first one was very sort of tense and suspenseful and had, like, a little bit of humor in, like, the high school stuff. Uh, but then the second one becomes, a lo- even though it's still, like, this horror genre, it becomes a lot more lighthearted because you have this relationship between these two characters. And then that makes you want nothing to happen to either of them because you're like, oh, I like them together. Yes. Bob, what do you got? You see, you reading anything? I know you're not. No, you know I'm not. Uh, the only thing I'm reading is breaking news. Just got the DocuSign contract for my graphic novel. What's up? 
Can't hey. tell you anything else other than it's happening. <laughs> yes! That's a great way to end. All right. Woo! You heard it here. Man, it just so, happened. Uh, now I got that fourth book I've been trying to draw <laughs> this month. <laughs> Stupid! Bye, free time. <laughs> Woo! That's a lot of work. I feel like once, when the world comes back on, uh, you're going to be real fucked. You know, COVID, it's sort of easy to get a lot of stuff done because you can't go anywhere. But now it's going to be like... Oh yeah, you gotta tell people. Oh. Your con banner is not even going to have your name. It's just going to have everything you're working on. It's just <laughs> yeah. going to have nonstop. every character that's ever been drawn in any comic book ever because I've done them all at this point. Jesus, that's George Perez all of a sudden. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. Hey, thank you for being here with us. It was it was nuts because and unexpected in a great way. Um. Doors always, always open. What more do I need to say? Tony already knows that, right? <laughs> he does. Yeah, and and now yeah. and now I know, which is which is the most important thing. Now uh, I will seriously. destroy your podcast. And no, and you need to find more upscale friends. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hear a lot of people that know Tony. And he will drag you down. This is what I. This is what I put up with here. <laughs> I go on a lot of podcasts now because I'm always promoting. Yeah, what's that about? On, this guy was like, <laughs> this guy was like checking me out with California people. He was like, "Yo, I talk to people that know this guy in person. Everybody says he's great. Like, they're all just like, this is a legit dude." I was like, "That's the best thing." That, I don't want to hear you talk about my books. I just want strangers or people I don't know who they are to say that I was a legit dude. <laughs> You're a legit dude. It's like Steely Dan talk. You're a major dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Remember, people, if you want more of this, go to Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook because there's a whole bunch of 11 o'clock stuff going on there. If you'd be so kind, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. There's a whole mess of crap happening there. And in the meantime, stay safe, wear a mask, get your shot, eat some Doritos, and say goodnight. Ooh. Yeah, right? Say goodnight. Oh, I have nothing. I have nothing to make noise. Damn it. <laughs> Thank you. David. Good night. This is the time where we try to get him to fuck up. Tony, what's up? Say something really loud. Bob hasn't listened to this show before. Bob, what's happening now is that he's doing a like a say goodnight Gracie with David. It's a long running bit. Mm. He's, he, he goofs around for a little while in between goodnight and David. And then David, David. can remember. Oh, no, no you need to explain what's actually... Yeah, he does. He <laughs> has. He, he, has like he times it. He times it. He thinks I have a stopwatch. Or something. This so is yeah. Another ongoing bit where Vince thinks that he has like a timer to keep track of how long in between Goodnight and David. Uh, it's all part of the fun. And Dave and Jason. <laughs> oh, fun in air quotes. Yeah. Right. Jason will be like, I don't know, bro. I don't think he got it on that yeah. one. Yeah. He's the naysayer. Usually, everybody just agreed that David got it right, but re more recently, uh, Jason's been trying to doubt you. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's 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 fine. He needs, you know, whatever gets him through the night. It's, you know. <laughs> you gotta it up, you know. You got to keep it fresh and exciting. Yeah, that's that's keeping it fresh. Hey, dude, disagree with him at the end when we do the thing. Disagree with it, you know? Right? We're flipping it. It's not agreeing. It's disagreeing, right? Listen, it worked on me. I was, when it first started happening, I was just like, oh, look at this. This is new. <laughs>
Do. You think people don't notice? People notice. Get my, my and my worry was that uh, since since Bob is new and and he was he was like I, I was waiting for Bob to say do I say goodnight? What am I? Is, what, <laughs> I, I didn't want to jump in because like I wanted to say goodnight. It felt like the right thing. I felt like it would be rude not to. <laughs> well, here's here's the part where I pulled the psychedelic off my head and Doctor Nemesis compels you to get your asses to a comic book shop. Buy Stray Dogs, buy Way of X, yes, and and all the other stuff that Bob's working on, and <laughs> we'll, all the million books, and we'll talk to you next time. Tell them you love them. Good night, everybody. That's it for that one.